Hello everyone and welcome to episode 29 of The One One, your West Australian racing podcast. I am BJ Ryan, teaming up with the Perth racing guru, Terry Layton, as always. However, we have our very special guest, Pete McCormick, back in the studio with us today. Bookmaker, punter extraordinaire. Good to see you, Pete. And as always, Terry, good to see you, my friend. Hey, BJ. Hey, Terry. G'day, Pete. G'day, Bernard. Very excited to have you uh, back on, Peter. I was actually going to tell you something before we jumped on, and I'll share it now on the on the podcast. My housemate, avid listener, uh, he uh, he's over with the Eagles uh, in a in a hub at the moment, and I uh, told him you were coming back on the podcast. He was quite excited. Said he uh, he found you to be one of the more uh, informative, interesting guests we've had on. So uh, don't let him down. Sorry, <laughs> <laughs> the pressure's on, Pete. <laughs> I'll do my best, but uh, I think I probably used up all my material in the first one. I'm probably as boring as that shit from now on. <laughs> Pete joined us way back on episode 16. This was before Corona uh, virus hit. Now, in that to- at that stage, you were bookmaking, and then um, and then obviously with uh, with the, the situation that unfolded, you've haven't been bookmaking since mid March. Um, what have you been up to in isolation, and how has your I guess your racing business been ticking over? Yeah, since the last time we saw you. That was the last time I fielded. March 14 was my last day at the races until yesterday when I went out and up into the members and it was nice to get back to the track. In the meantime, I've just been doing form basically. I'm so glad the races continued. I don't know what I would have done if the races had to stop, but um, it's kept me kept me busy enough. Um, kind of jumping fence from the bookmaking side to the punting side has been challenging but also uh, interesting as well having to open up a multitude of accounts, get up early on a Thursday morning at 8 o'clock to hit the tab touch prices, just a whole different kind of uh, way of doing things. But I've Did enjoyed it. Did you get it. on Multiverse this morning, Pete? <laughs> <laughs> no, I was getting locked out there for some reason, but um, you must have had a whisper to Brad because I got a little bit on a minute ago at 12s even though you took all the 16s from me. So even though you're, you know, you're no longer fielding, um, in – have you been reviewing your your punting and or form analysis techniques? Is there anything that you've discovered or anything new that soon as you've been more singularly focused on that sort of part of your business? Is there anything you're doing differently or you're just maintaining your philosophies? Is there anything you can let the listeners know that you've uncovered, I suppose, since we've gone into isolation, yeah? Not In really a lot. It's more of a paradigm shift, I guess, is my focus when I'm bookmaking is what's a horse I can get beat, whereas now I've got to try and find one that's going to win a race. So I haven't been laying one on Betfair, which I was doing before, which I enjoy doing, but in in the time that I'm now punting, it just doesn't make sense because before I used to put in my book, it would form part of my book, whereas now uh, I think Terry spoke about it before. If you keep the, the lay bet and then you're punting one in the same race, you, you get the double whammy and it's just uh, – the variance is just too much. So, um, like I think I mentioned Terry a while ago, in the last race two weeks ago, I was on Divine Shadow, mm-hmm. was it? Yes, and laid picture perfect. Divine Shadow hit the trench 150 metres out, picture perfect wins. I could not believe picture perfect was trading at 2.30 on the jump. So I've laid it to the hilt, backed Divine Shadow, and the, the double whammy just broke my heart on the day. So mm. I try and avoid that situation as much as I can. So in terms of what I'm doing now, it's more trying to focus on a winner rather than trying to focus on one that I can get beat, I guess. Yeah, because it's interesting because Terry, pre, uh, pre-recording chat, Terry was mentioning that he's all, all pivoting into a different space with his punting and form analysis as well. 
Yeah, I wouldn't say pivoting completely to a new space, but trying to go with the times in regards to uh, following some data with the money moves. I don't want to change the way I do the form or uh, look at things um, because that is, as Pete mentioned before, a bit of a point of difference. We all have our points of difference, which make us, uh, well, we try and make us successful at least. But um, the data is really, it's becoming quite clear. The data is the major driving force behind um, the majority of moves, um, whether it be inwards or outwards. Um, uh, betting wise so it's more just in regards to if i do like a horse maybe i should be waiting till late and this just gives you a bit of clarification um the best time to back the horse because i don't think there's much difference between most punters i think we all back a pretty similar amount of winners but if i can get five bucks about a horse you're going to get four bucks about four over all my winners i'm going to win 20 percent more than you and that's the difference so but the most important thing and what listeners probably want to know bj is how have the index cards dealt with the coronavirus are they still okay? Are they unaffected? Have they been tested? I wonder if there was like a run on at Officeworks with index cards like the toilet paper, you know? You was, anyone, was, anyone, was anyone hoarding them? When someone hacks, your, have to use when someone hacks your computer and wipes it clean, I've still got my index cards at home. Did, somebody, did you ever get to a point where you had to use the index cards as toilet paper during crisis? <laughs> That's rude. Uh, my index cards, they're gold. They're worth their weight in gold. They're certainly not used as toilet paper, I'm sure you. The, pun, the, the listeners will be fascinated to know that um, that Pete's index cards are still fully operational and doing their best work. Now, Pete, you um, I saw on Twitter that you were back on course yesterday, not bookmaking, but as a member. Um, what was it like being back at, back at Belmont Park? Yeah, nice to get back. It's kind of been my second home for 40 years, so it was nice to get back to my second home. Um, Nice to be in familiar surroundings, nice to be able to watch the horses live. So mm-hmm. it was a, it was a good experience. I was up in the members. Uh, the, the club's obviously doing as much as it can with three different areas. Having 100, that's as good as we get. Yep. It's not perfect. It's not ideal at all. Uh, up in the members, as I think I tweeted, it was a little bit like God's waiting room. Mm. Um, having said that, I'm getting to the age where I'm kind of the average age of the people up there now, yeah. so I guess I'm one of them. But, no, it was good. It was an enjoyable day. Well, I mean, you've got to start somewhere, don't you? So Perth Racing sort of plotting a path towards a return to some kind of normalcy for us. So this, well, this, as you said, this current situation's not ideal with only three, 300 people allowed on course. It's a starting point and hopefully it'll evolve positively from there. Terry? Did you get an invite yesterday? No. No, neither did I. Okay, cool. No, it was, a, it was for VIPs only. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's been challenging for uh, all round for... Um, for everyone, and um, but the, there's, it looks like there's a bit of light at the end of the tunnel at the moment, which is fantastic. So um, just quickly before we move on, when do you see yourself back bookmaking on course? Have you ever any correspondence from the Bookmakers Association? From it's going, any, going too good on the punt. Yeah, yeah, that's true. I have no idea. The Bookmakers Association, I haven't had an email from since March, May the 5th. I just contacted them yesterday, say so what's yeah. going on, but I've heard nothing, and your guess is as good as mine. As good as mine. Having said that, I'm not desperate to get back. Okay. I am enjoying the punt side of things. Following and your son's mail as well. Um, having yeah. said that, I'm just thinking now that with the end of the financial year coming up, I was in no rush to to, to go back because I'd kind of hit point of consumption tax, as yep. I mentioned last time, so there's no point in me fielding until the end of the financial year anyway. With that looming, I'm probably looking at going back online in the new financial year if nothing else changes and I'll try and bet probably Perth races at least online. I may do Sydney, Melbourne. I don't know yet. Excellent. Well, make sure when you know more or when you're, when you're getting back into that space to uh, let us know here at the 1-1 one, one, and we'll make sure all the listeners are aware that you're back on deck and fielding in just, some way, shape or form. Terry? Is that just on Best Bookies? Yeah, I was just going to say, um, I'd like to give Best Bookies a bit of a plug. Mm. Um, 
um, anyone that's getting short shafted by the uh, the corporate should look at something like Best Bookies. I put a tweet up last week encouraging people to look out for a lot of face-to-face bookies that have gone online and Australia-wide. There's been a number of those, and I, I listed just a couple. I have no connection to any of those. But Best Bookies will always generally bet a better price than what's available, and I would encourage anyone to at least put Best Bookies on your front page of your dynamic odds if you have that. Before you have a bet with a corporate, have a look at what Best Bookies is offering. If it's better, I'd suggest you open up an account and and give us your business when we are being the best price. Yeah, I spend a lot of time on dynamic and best bookies are often, or more often than not, the best price, especially closer to start time. So um, it's, yeah, it's a really good service that they they provide from what I can see. They absolutely do. There's big bookies on there like Dave Dwyer who, who virtually has no limit to what yeah. you want to bet. So um, I'm not going to try and sell it to you other than to say put it on your front page and just compare. Good stuff. So during the week, um, Pete, you flagged on Twitter Daniel O'Sullivan's tweet where he outlined his um, his Thoroughbred Ratings Bureau's weight for age performance rankings from the weekend, and he had uh, showmanship, you know, a very powerful winner at Belmont last Saturday. He had showmanship, the fifth best performance of the weekend, um, and I think the thing that surprised you about it was that marginally ahead of um, Raconteur Stakes winning outstanding filly KC who, who returned with a bang last Saturday. So yeah, it was a it was an interesting discussion on 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 ratings and how that all unfolded. What what was your take on um, on the two performances, the two stand up performances of the day, Showmanship and KC? Well, first I thought it was great to see a WA horse rated in the top five. Australia-wide with some big racing in Brisbane particularly going on at the moment. Um, the surprise for me more was so that Shamanship carried near the minimum weight in a 66-plus and yet uh, Daniel was able to find it as one of the top five ratings in Australia, Australia-wide for the day. That was pretty um, impressive. I, I thought it was a super run by Shamanship. Mm. Um, I find it hard to, to actually rate it up alongside those others, certainly from the East. But in terms of KC, I thought a three-year-old filly carrying top weight, giving weight, to a horse like Labor Rod running it down in a race that didn't really suit it. I thought that was a super effort. And on my ratings, I'd probably had KC um, just shaving showmanship, to be honest. Mm. But the index cards disagree with uh, Daniel O'Sullivan. Well, they do. I mean, I just looked at like, if that was a 78 plus, if those two horses met in a 78 plus last Saturday. That's just a number. Yeah, it is. It's just a number. But KC would have been weighted 66 kilos and showmanship would have been weighted 49. KC would have carried 17 kilos more. Now, KC got into a set weights and KC penalties got race. 35 points, though, for a Group 1 win or 30 well, it did. 40 points it did. for a Group 1 win, though. KC got into a set weights with penalties, so I got well weighted in that three year old race, that's even all, though that's it was. They're racing as well going forward. They're not going to go to anything else besides that. Maybe a railway stakes, she might have to carry <laughs> some weight in a railway stakes against them, but she's always going to be in set weight and penalties or weight for age races. Her, her handicap is. Just about, um, as I said, apart from potentially a railway stakes, it's just uh, it's irrelevant to some degree. To some degree, I was just lining it up against showmanship yeah. on their current yeah. ratings. Is the point that I was making. And, I was going um, to disagree with you early. You got the fireworks started <laughs> earlier, Pete. Oh, yeah, okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I just thought to drag showmanship up there from a sixty-six was a big effort. Um, I would have had uh, KC just shutting it. But, yeah. Um, yeah, Labor Rod was a better run than KC as well. I think you'll find as well, Peter. So Labor Rod <laughs> should have been the run of the weekend, according to uh, according to that theory. Okay, <laughs> you're the you're the guru. I'll, I'll just uh, acquiesce to that. What, be- before we start on that, what um, 
What about with a horse like Karajini Aurora finishing such a close-up third? How does d- does that drag her rating up? Does Dark what? Prospect running second to Showmanship drag his down? Yeah, but that was Dark Prospect like, couldn't have seen Showmanship with a, uh, ter- so, a periscope. There was like what was there? Half lengths between KC and Karajini Aurora. Um, five lengths between Showmanship and Dark Prospect. I'm, I'm asking you. But there's seven yeah. lengths between Showmanship and Resort Man, and, you, and and people are trying to make the case. Well, Showmanship beat Resort Man by seven lengths, um, but. If, if Dark Prospect can beat Resort Man by two lengths, does that make Dark Prospect a two-length better horse than Resort Man? I think it was Resort Man on the fence the whole way, Terry, last yeah, second. Yeah, it's funny you bring that up, actually, <laughs> uh, BJ. The fence was a little bit cold last week. I think you'll find we'll get this Cold or more. ice cold? I would say it was uh, ice, ice BJ, <laughs> to be honest. Um, uh, there is a little bit of a statistic here from horses that settled on the fence at the 800-metre mark um, last Saturday at the 8-metre pad, which we are going to again. So we'll discuss this again very shortly before we hop into the preview, which will hopefully be shortly. Um, Laverod, Laverod was the only horse to run a place. That includes Mr. Delegator at $1.63. Looked like a pretty disappointing run on the surface. That inside pad could have been neg five lengths. That was not just $1.63. And we've tipped it on the podcast at $2.20. So that was absolutely backed off the map. You then got Resort Man, $2.20, failed to run. Top three was on the fence at the 800. You got horses like um, Alicia and Nobility in the two-year-old race who led uh, and sat they back both, the leader. Both single figures as well, weren't they? $4.45, $4.50, beating 13 and 15 lengths. Um, it's just all throughout the day. You look and look at roughies like Baby Blues and whatnot. They went way below where they should have finished. Um, they were leaders back. Horses with nice runs on that rail simply just went horrible all day long. The run from Labor Rod was better than KC comfortably um, looking at that. The fact I think they probably should have gone a little harder with Labor as well, but that's that's not the end of the world. But um, just considering uh, those statistics, I think they're quite damning. BJ, Peter. I think it's been a little bit like that all Belmont season already. Um, yeah. Regardless of the position, it just feels like there's just like the- <clears throat> five meters, eight meters, 15 meters. The rail's been off, off, off. Whether that's going to continue, whether it won't continue, it'll be really interesting to see. Well, the heavy, heavy rain we've received uh, this morning, make it worse. Uh, driving along Canning Highway was flooded mm. on the, uh, this morning. But um, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how the track uh, plays and how much more rain we get. In the next forty-eight hours, I suppose, Pete. What do you just take the track? On, are you more of a take the track on its merits kind of guy, or do you do the deep dive on on lanes and patterns and all that? What's what's your philosophy when it comes to to that? Well, certainly you try and be aware of how the track's playing. I certainly I didn't take out of it quite as uh, much as Terry has. Um, I'll take his point. I, I won't take his point that Labor was a better run than KC. You haven't convinced me of that we'll yet. But um, we're black and blue in the face, <laughs> we, Peter? We will. Um, yeah, I try and I try and read the pattern, of course. And yeah. but I'm not great at adjusting, to be honest. I do my ratings, and once I've got a price written down, I find it hard to adjust on the run on the day, and that's a, certainly a weakness that I have. Interesting. Oh, I will say that you might perceive that as a weakness. I also think it could be a strength to some degree because we then start to let, – let's look at an example yesterday. Okay, There's obviously a major uh, on-pace bias when the rail was at the 18 metres and um, everyone has overcooked it in the last race. Obviously, with Gloryland uh, involved, that was always a chance, but they could have just let Gloryland be mad in front. And, but they've all gone and they're all trying to be closer, closer, riding a bit out of their comfort zone, and the horse came from near last – Neil it Lance, was basically last man standing yeah, sort of well, it was. Bradbury and that, style. And that's how really Cable Guy's been winning. Um, well, that's how Cable Guy won his maiden with uh, Brody Kirby on and nearly won a few starts ago as well. So um, sometimes sticking to your – and not I, I feel that's probably one of my weaknesses. I try and overdo the track bias a bit and put lines through things. And So sometimes not diving too deep into that side of things can be a strength as well, not necessarily just a weakness, I think. 
We all end up bitter, bitter and twisted by the end of the car, <laughs> no matter what we do. By race three, usually, yeah. <laughs> so we did see, as we sort of touched on at length, on a very lengthy podcast last week, mm. um, there was some very fine uh, thoroughbreds in action last Saturday. KC and Laverod, obviously, two very uh, two of our best three-year-olds. The clash between showmanship and resort man turned into a bit of a one-act affair, didn't it, with, with showmanship sitting outside leader, which was interesting and still just just marching What was Nucky away. doing on Salamat? What was the thought process there? He could have easily gone and sat in the breeze, but it just it was a really weird old ride. Not that it affected anything in the end, but, um, yeah, weird old ride. It was a good ride by Pike. Yeah. He actually protected the one-off yeah. and made resort man work around him. Resort yeah. man said in the stewards report, one of the excuses for fading the way that it did was that it had to work hard to get to lead. Well, that was Pike on showmanship that was kicking up underneath him and just making it work. So that makes – I reckon it makes the run of showmanship even more impressive. Yeah, because it's the first time that he's ever had to do work, a, a bit of work early, and Pike was just supremely confident, like, I don't care. I'm just going to ride this horse like the machine it is and it'll just win. And, mm-hmm. and um, I think it's a little bit underestimated. He, he – Talks about he talks often how he doesn't do form because it doesn't serve him, rah, 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 But I think he, no, I think he knows more than he lets on. I think he's. I, I read a story that Adam McGrath did on Racing.com where he spoke about some of his um, the, the way that he conducts his business, and he just said that he knows the other riders inside and out, and he feels like that's his his best edge. And you can tell, okay, he just he mm-hmm. he almost knows. He like mind tricks them into doing exactly what he wants them to do more often than not. That's that's one of the things that makes him that's really so good. Yeah. yeah, he pulls yeah. their pants down every week, mm-hmm. week after week. I think Pike knew more about Resort Man than Michael Lane knew about Showmanship. Listening yeah. to Michael Lane on last Saturday morning, he had little idea of, of what else was in the race other than his own horse. So yeah, yeah, he was he was very confident, wasn't he? He was. Saturday, yeah, yeah, yeah. He got yeah. KC right, but Resort Man wrong. The entire yeah. camp was uh, very confident actually with the Resort Man. They uh, yeah, they were very bullish the team. So um, that's what we like to see though in racing, isn't it? It's a nice uh, well, strong opinion. Lane was going for a race to race to race treble. Yeah. I think leading into resort man. What was these two yep. winners prior to that? Was we've got um, dreams. We've got dreams, and what are yeah. we missing? What was the previous? We've got dreams. By the way, didn't settle on the fence at the eight hundred. No, it was, it was took, Cramden yes. on the fence. Was Cramden on the fence? So, and then when Kira, Kira did get to the straight, corrected myself <laughs> instantly. <laughs> when Kira did get to the straight, she, as they all did, uh, she peeled a few horses off the fence, and um, I've underrated that horse massively. That was a really strong win, um, considering didn't beat much, but it was still a really strong win, considering. Yes, yeah. As um, was the win of Western Pride, BJ. Western Pride, yeah. What do we make of Western Pride? Uh, very, um, it was a bit of a late drift, I think. Um, huge which, drift. Huge, huge drift. drift. Uh, <sighs> which um, was was interesting considering there was probably a little bit of a lack of depth in that particular race. But Pike rode her brilliantly uh, again, um, was able to use gate four. I think she jumped from to to be that one or two spots closer than some may have thought that she would have been, peeled into the middle of the of the straight and just um, took care of business in that sort of what we've come to sort of see from her now, just ears pricked, sort of mm-hmm. gliding effortlessly. Terrific uh, very run. smart uh, First run after a year was, yeah. was yeah. terrific. And they traditionally get better second up, so... I dare say that uh, probably wins wherever it goes. Next run of Zephyr Queen in second was huge as well, doing the yeah. bullocking work outside of uh, Lickety Split, I think uh, led that race. So, um, yeah, another one to follow would be Zephyr Queen. We'll get to that in time. We will. And uh, we think we saw a very smart young horse in the form of Rain of Fire, uh, first start in a race, two You did old. call it, BJ. You did. You said it was your best of the day. And I think at the time of recording it was five bucks. It was backed off the map and uh, – 
Jeez, you were, would have felt pretty confident in the run. Always travelled the winner. Sure did. Sure. Well, it was a couple of anxious moments at the yeah. top of the straight, but once Geordie turned up, who is a who I'm a bit slow on the uptake here, is a vastly improved rider. Um, once he got uh, Rain of Fire into the clear, it let down like a very, very smart animal. So um, He's been I, on a couple of pretty sharp two-year-olds, hasn't he? Yeah, he has. Caracata winner? Yep, mm. yep. Um, and uh, he'll be, obviously he's got a ride on... Narodio, uh, who will be one of the main fancies in the preview that we're talking about. Are we going to try and get, how are we going to pronounce that horse going forward? Should we have a just a, is it Nerodio, Nerodio? What do we think? Ask Kira. Yeah. Ask Kira. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag Ask Kira. That's a, that's a good way to move. What on are we going to do with over under? How many how many times do you reckon Terry's going to call no, that's Kira? It. That's Kara the last time. Today. That's the last time. Well, he's only done it once on air, but I think he did it twice before we come <laughs> on air. So. Uh, he's, he's bullshitting now. Don't listen, <laughs> don't listen Kira. We got yeah, Terry. You got the over under. Right, last week with uh, Sir Desmond oh, and was, Candlelight Star, I 10 links. That, I found that very funny. Yeah, a bit stiff. Um, I ended up hopping into Mr. Gennaro. I think a few of us did when it got out to about 30 bucks late. A little bit stiff for Kira there from uh, a pretty good gate. Candlelight Star has never kicked up and held a spot in its entire life. It kicks up, holds the back of the leader, which meant that even though Mr. Genoa drew well, ended up sitting deep. It was... Wasn't I don't think it was a bad ride. I think it was just a victim of circumstances. But, um, yeah, a little bit stiff. But beaten 10 and a half, I believe. DJ, so uh, what did we say? I think we said the line was 10, so we uh, it was a good book we set. Yes, that's that's and it was good though to see Sir Desmond in town. So oh, um, always is. Uh, and the horse that, that slipped our collective minds earlier was Black Ducati, who uh, oh, was the other Michael Lane um, winner on the day, ridden by mm -hmm. Chris Parnham. So um, yeah, as we've spoken about, lots of smart horses uh, engaged last week, and there's uh, that flows on to a pretty good card. Coming up on Hyperion Stakes Day this weekend, which we're about to launch into. So we're recording at uh, it's five past eleven on Thursday, June uh, June eleven. And from a racing calendar point of view, we've got a big ten race card, which is about to kick off at Pinjarra today. Uh, racing returns to Carnarvon tomorrow on Friday, as mentioned previously. Hyperion Stakes Day this Saturday, and uh, the weekend of racing finishes up with a Kalgoorlie meeting in the Goldfields on Sunday. So escalating day. Escalating day. Mm, should be winning. Um, time to thank our fantastic sponsors, the Mundaring Hotel and Market City Meets. The Mundaring Hotel has been the heart of the hills since 1899 and is located in Jacoby Street, Mundaring. Uh, last weekend was a big hit for the Mundaring with um, uh, the easing of restrictions, allowing them to get up to 300 people um, in the venue, which was fantastic. Uh, 100 inside and 200 outside. Bookings uh, remain essential, I believe, um, if you want to enter the pub for a feed and a frothy. Also, don't forget their takeaway and delivery food and beverage packages are available. Jump on the website, on their Facebook page, The Mundaring Hotel, or contact Ian Butchie O'Connor and let him know you're a 1-1 listener. Also, Market City Meats, largest retail butcher shop in Perth. They are located at the Canningvale Markets on Bannister Road. Timmy Hewitt and the crew run a very tight ship at Market City Meats. Uh, drop in, see Timmy, tell him you're a one-one listener also and he'll look after you. The uh, the team, they sponsor our very, very popular Get Out Stakes competition. Congrats to friend of the podcast, Benny Black. He took out last week's Get Out Stakes uh, when he was, he was nearest the pin in a very busy finish um, with the Western Pride selection in last Saturday's Get Out Stakes. Benny is based in Kalgoorlie, however. So he's kindly, Terry, listen to this. He's kindly suggested we jackpot the prize this weekend. Oh. So $100 worth of gourmet, delicious Market City Meats beef. What a man. Up for grabs. What a man. 
So oh, what a week for it as well. I like it. When our uh, when our merch uh, come, rolls around, Terry might have to send some out to, to Benny for his generosity there. So congrats, mate. And quick mention to the Jedi master himself, Sean Nichols. Mm. He uh, he went within a millimetre of uh, claiming a fourth Get Out Stakes last Saturday, which is quite we incredible. Re- rename the competition, wouldn't we? <laughs> yes. So uh, we'll run through the finer details of the Get Out Stakes before we uh, preview race nine on the card. Finally, if you want to read our stuff online, you can check out uh, Terry's in-depth analysis and betting strategies on the Betfair hub. That's betfair.com.au. My pre-markets preview, the leg up was available from 7 a.m. this morning. Uh, Leg up is published, bestbets.com.au. Oz Race website and can be found on the Sportsbet page as well terry over to you lots of rain around we've already spoken about the ice cold running rail at belmont um what have you got for the listeners uh, on hyperion stakes day mate well the rail hasn't moved from last saturday so i look just just common sense suggests it's pretty difficult to suggest it should be playing any differently than it did a week ago the only difference is this week we've had more we, we will by the time they run have had more rain and have continual rain throughout the day so i would suggest um if the inside pad was poor last week with the racing we had on it last week the extra rain throughout the week it should only be worse um on saturday and it's a really really interesting card to decipher because there are so many especially early in the day horses billy ain't silly sheath enchanted miss frost uh, indian pacific levitate all these double horses all going to be hard in the market are all going to be on that rail so i usually love my early betting when i can get on and try and take the prices even in the 130 percent markets it's it's where i feel there's a big edge this is a meet run majority of the meeting i'm staying out till late i want to see how these good horses perform on an inside pad and if they're battling we can really look um at horses away from that inside pad and the big thing that we need to monitor on the day is as well how long does it take for the jockeys to adjust yeah I was for just example to say that yeah i'm not sure who's got the ride on she's enchanted now are we uh aware of that well i'm not sure who's, it was lucy but from barrier one they'll try and lead that race we'll get to that in time but it'll be interesting if they look if she if or whoever rides it looks to come straight off the rail um and stay a horse or two off the fence if sean mcgrady on double bubble crosses does he cross and go to the fence or does he just sit three horses off the fence like mitch Payton did on tawny pete a few weeks ago mm. really really interested in how long it takes him to adjust because then the inside gates may not be the end of the world if they've adjusted and stayed off on purpose so also is the thousand the thousand meter shoots a little bit different yes, story though it's probably it? less it's uh, a it's a it's a different circuit altogether because yeah, they've only got the bend yep. to contend still important with. but yep. not as important 100 yeah the 1300 meter race the indian pacific race that's very important mm. and mile races above obviously so, so we, yeah we've got the 2000 meter races that's races one and three on the car but the rest are around the turning circle so yep. yeah it's just going to be interesting to see again how it all unfolds but um good to hear from the guru to see what uh what his uh his plan is for sad day so pete you got your ratings ready to rock and roll ready to go mate yep. or i think we should dive in terry perfect okay race one hyperion stakes day Eleven twenty-seven a.m mm. bounce down snap crackle actually speak before, bounce down footy's back tonight oh, it's tonight isn't yeah. it yeah unbelievable yeah no. there was there was a moment there where we thought that it might not ever come back but i think we've got a uh, collingwood v richmond to start things off in round two tonight so yeah looking forward to the afl getting back up and running uh i know the nrl's had a couple of weeks Are you into the rugby at all pete not into the rugby at all it was only show on a couple of weeks ago yeah. and i tried watching it for about 20 minutes and 
it's like watching paint dry as far as I'm concerned. That, so. was, that was 20 minutes more than I watched. Paint, <laughs> by the way, yeah. Identical. I thought, here we go, beauty. A bit of live Australian sport. And um, I, I didn't even watch a second of it. I had the computer out, thought I'd watch it in the background. I didn't see one thing that happened. So turns out I'm not a rugby league fan. Mm. No, but what I am interested in tonight also starts the PGA golf. I love watching the golf. So oh, excellent. Rory McIlroy and others, uh, I'll be I'll be tuning into that late tonight and into the morning, I expect. So we have Betfair open at the I've got a little time. strategy I do on the PGA yeah. where I lay I try and pick about 12 guys out that I think can't win the tournament so they're usually priced between 50 and 200 to 1 yeah. and I lay them to lose a certain amount of money and if they miss the cut which is what I'm hoping I keep the cash and if one of them tends to be in contention after the third round I, I bet them back to, to chop out so that's been a strategy I've run with for quite a while now Does that only work on the majors or do you do that on other big tournaments as well? I, I use it on all the PGA tournaments yeah. um, the liquidity is very good on those tournaments, so yeah. I, I tend to do that. Um, it's I have a lot of fun doing it anyway. I make a small yeah. amount, a small amount of money. I good. reckon there isn't a more enjoyable sport, including horse racing, to bet on than golf. To be really, I Pete has a theory. I don't have a theory. I have a theory. If I've had too many beers with my mates and we're watching a tournament, we'll uh, we'll have a little bet on someone for entertainment. But uh, I just love having a punt on the golf. It's absolutely cracking stuff. So, as, as a bookie, what I love about the golf is there's 150 players and only one of them can win. So. <laughs> As a bookie, I've got 149 running for me, so that's, I like those odds. You like the odds, yeah. Pete isn't a fan of NRL. He is a fan of the PGA Tour, and he's also a Fremantle Dockers fan mm. as well. What are your thoughts on, before we get started, Pete, how, how the Dockers are going to go this year? New coach, new setup. What are your thoughts? Who knows? Uh, I hope they do well. Um, hope for the best, expect the worst. That usually works out well with the Dockers. So. Are you a member? I have relinquished my membership over the last couple of years. I've had my heart ripped out, torn up. No, I'm still a supporter, yeah. um, but no, I watch them on TV. Good. All right, so good luck to everyone uh, with AFL returning this week. We've all got our teams, and it would just be good to see the footies getting kicked around. So let's get cracking. Race one, the Mrs. Max Plate, 1,000-metre race for the two-year-olds. Um, I've got a bit of a... A view here um, regarding the debutante Billy Ain't Silly. Would you like me to? Yeah, if you like, kick us off. You're our, you're our two-year-old resident expert who was in full flight last week with a rain of fire. Are we going to see a similar performance here? I'm hoping so. Yeah, I'm not as bullish as I was last week. Um, BJ Ain't Silly. But uh, <laughs> well, we'll find out. Um, more will be revealed. But um yeah, similar setup. Yeah, same stable. Obviously, Colin Webster coming off a couple of impressive trial wins. Um, I just really like the way that he he hit the line in his. Um, it, it was a trial on Monday though, but beat a horse by by the name of La Farola, who um, is a winner um, already from the Michael Lane stable. Um, dead heated on debut at the standalone Pinjarra meeting back in January. So beat La Farola by three lengths and. I feel like he beat he beat that horse on its merits. Billy ain't silly. Um, has a beautiful pedigree as well. I know that doesn't mean a lot to a lot of people, but I do like to look at that sort of stuff. Comes from one of WA's um, best set of bloodlines. Um, Grand Dam Carlos Yara was a WA Guineas winner. Um, I'm all the talk. The stallion is doing some really good things. Um, so, but back to its what I, its exposed trial form it showed um, it stretched out nicely in a 400 meter heat win and then it's uh, was quite powerful in a thousand meter heat win um on tuesday sorry so um yeah from gate one i'm hoping that he begins well enough and can hold the front um 
Not sure if he does, but that would be my preference. Um, if he does, I, just, I think he, I can really see him drawing away for, for quite a, a strong win. Um, if he gets crossed uh, by maybe born to rule, I think that changes things a touch. But I still think that um, if he gets the galloping room he needs, he looks like he's like quite a reasonable size horse. If he gets the galloping room he le- uh, needs with Jerry Noski in the saddle, I still think he can win as well. But yeah, I, I was Billy, Billy ain't silly on top. Uh, $4.20 was my punt price, as Pete would say. Um, not quite there at the moment. Not quite there at the moment. Uh, obviously, the Newhard or Newhard was very impressive on debut for Simon Miller and William Pike. Um, it's going to be pretty hard to beat as well. Born to Rules uh, led and kicked on pretty well in a similar race on debut behind um, uh, Dunbar and um, uh Shantork, uh, two smart two-year-olds as well. So Bumper Humper returns, the initial plate winner. But for me, I just think this is a really good debut option for Billy Ain't Silly. Have you got any thoughts on the two-year-old race, Pete? No argument from me from what you've said. I was very impressed with the trial of Billy Ain't Silly. Um, unraced, I couldn't quite get it that short. I'd, I'd want a little bit better. I've gone Newhard. I thought that was a very impressive first-up run. Pike's on. Mm. Simon Miller, king of the kids. Um, ticks a few boxes there. It's off the rail. Mm. Luckily for me, I hadn't really thought about it too much, but with the rail off, um, apparently, uh, Newhart at least is one that, that might be able to put in there. So I've had a bit on Newhart at the early price. Uh, it's over my price. So I got it 280. Um, but I take your point on Billy Ain't Silly. I thought it was impressive. And the others you mentioned, Born to Rule, I've got third. And then Bumper Humper, who in the race book looks very good. It mm. doesn't look like a horse has ever got past it. But um, I just don't know about the strength of that form. Yeah, so yeah, I think I was about the three thirty mark. New have you done the two old race? Yeah, I did Jerry? it pretty in depth this week actually. If the if I just prefix everything, if the rail um does play hot, I'm gonna have a pretty long old day, I reckon, because I've taken the rail on here. I've got Billy the ain't silly three back the fence. Um, I'm not sure how we're getting. I don't think showed any gate speed whatsoever in the 400 meter or the thousand meter try. I had to muster to get there. Gets crossed by one early, and the Paul Jordan runner from Barrier Ten is going to be quicker than all of them, and just about going to circle them all. So, born to rule gets in front of Billy ain't silly. I think convention comes around and circles them all. Three back the fence on a cold rail. Oh, it's very difficult from there. Um, I think Billy Ain't Silly is the best horse in this race, and I think it will turn out to be the best horse in this race. And if you can get it out in front, mm. um, the current price is bang on and um, and it can win. But uh, three back the fence with, with Jerry Noski on board, which is where I have it, which might be a bit negative, but um, that's where I think it could well end up. I think it's a difficult uh, difficult spot to win from on debut um, for any horse, especially if the fence is a bit off. I'm with uh, I'm with Pete. I've marked new ad 280. Went up 330. Had something on. Don't want to get too excited here. A bit worried it sits deep the trip. Mm. Um, there's a bit of speed drawn underneath, even with horses like Astro Warrior and Marisha, who I don't think can play um, a part in the finish of this race. But uh, they both seem to have a pretty good gait speed. So if they they can just be little nuisance horses for new had there, Pike might end up at a sitting. Could end up in a one one if we get lucky or something of that nature. But um, no major play here. New had for me. Born to rule can definitely win. It, its last run was on a cold rail, kicked on really well behind Dunbar and Shantork, which mm. is nice form as well. But um, New hat on top, big watch. Billy ain't silly. Uh, wouldn't be surprised um, if if things do go as you said that um, he absolutely shits in. But um, no, new hat for me. But uh, good race to watch. Yes. All right. Uh, race two is the Tab Touch Westbeat Platinum Handicap, twelve hundred meters special conditions race. We've got uh, impressive first up winner Nerodio going around again. We were having a discussion about the correct correct. 
pronunciation. I'm rolling with Nerodio. You guys can take your pick. But uh, do you think he can win, Terry, or are you looking to play around him? No, I think he could definitely win. Um, surprised. I thought the market would be um, leaning towards – I'm interested to see what Pete's market says, actually, for this race. I thought the market would be leaning towards the well-weighted three-year-old in uh, in Captain Kink. Again, drawn barrier one. Um, I apologise in advance. <laughs> I'm going to sound like a broken record for the next uh, the next period of time, I'd suggest. But um, from that inside gate, uh, we don't know how that's going to play. That's actually the last time I'm going to say that. Mm. Um, I, I do, I do like, um, Nerodio. I'm going with Nerodio. That's what we've locked in. But so I, I do think Taj Mali back to the thousand meters was pretty susceptible at her first look at Belmont, uh, back up to the 1200, more suitable. I think Pike will end up with a sit here, potentially on Taj Mali. Um, I, I think that one she one? can one one definitely. Yeah. yeah, I think she can improve uh, on that win last start. Now under Luke's name, not Pete's, but I don't think much would have changed. Another race I'm pretty happy sitting out. I really want to learn a lot about the track here with um, with Captain Kink Pete and find out uh, exactly how well that horse goes on the fence. And that'll tell us a lot, I think, going forward throughout the day. Happy to sit on the fence with you on this mm -hmm. race. I can't get close to having a bet here. Mm -hmm. I was on the rodeo first up. Um, I think I was the only person in Australia not on the rodeo first up. Sweating at the 200, but luckily Jordan got the inside run and, uh, geez, exploded when I got to the front one mm -hmm. very impressively. Um Normally in this situation, I'd be on the three-year-old. I do love the three-year-olds against the, the older horses at this time of year. I love the fact that um, Jade claims still in town, just. She's going to be losing one, that shortly, I think. One more win, is that right? I think she's got so, one left, yeah. 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 Uh, barrier one normally would be good in this situation, but I'm advised <laughs> by a wiser source that it's, <laughs> it's poison. So happy to watch and like you try and uh, figure out what the hell is going on with this rail that purportedly is, is so off. Well, we have to, surely we have to allow for it to be off after last week. It's seven days, there's been more rain, there's been more racing on it. Surely, surely, surely we have to allow for that. Unless, how does it change in seven days? That's my only, if someone can answer me that and, and that's fine, I, I'd prefer the rail was fine because I think the form's a lot easier to do. There's a lot of good horses drawn fence. There's a lot of horses I'd probably like to get stuck into that are going to probably settle on the fence. But I just feel it's hard to come at them with any confidence after how poorly we saw, as I said, horses like Resort Man and Mr. Dell at the shorts last week but if but if the hoops are awake up to it the rail might even might not be a factor as yeah well. exactly but it could take a few races mm -hmm. to do so that's what will be interesting um obviously they'll go over a walk early they'll all be aware of this we, we aren't the only ones that would have picked up on on those um types of things but mm -hmm. yeah it's something we really need to to monitor um to monitor early but um yeah this is a, a an interesting little race three horse three horses can win in my yeah. mind i reckon the radio is just about a good thing. Uh, I've got him two, two fifty. I think he's a very, very smart horse. The way that he let down, basically, he was called up, called up, got the run, and let down. He looked like a really, really smart horse. I think Jordan, uh, as I mentioned earlier in the podcast, a very much informed Jordan Turner, patient ride. He will be able to hopefully um, get some cover. Um, he should do from that draw and then just um, balanced up in the middle of the track. I can see him just uh, just working over these horses late. Taj Mali obviously flying for the Fernies uh, in Kalgoorlie. This prep hasn't done a thing wrong really. What she won four from five. So obvious Pike on one one, obvious major player, obvious um, very hard to beat. I thought Captain King. Um, I might be just putting too much weight in one performance, but I thought he was still a bit plain after missing the start the other day, so I'm happy to to go to oppose him. But, yeah, I'm really, really keen, Nerodio. I think he'll win and think he's going to be a horse that 
charges through the grades. We must touch on, though, that Lucy Warwick, uh, uh, as Terry mentioned earlier, hurt herself at Belmont yesterday. So we're still waiting on some riders um, to come through as we roll through the podcast. But looks all right. She's um, so had an ankle high-grade ankle sprain and she'll have this is according to Giulio Santarelli on Twitter yesterday prognosis unknown until the result of an MRI scan but she's definitely not riding this weekend so Mm -hmm. but for me yeah I'm Nerodia is almost one of my best of the day so um yeah confidence confident yeah yeah good confidence just got to carry the 60 kilos up in grade that's that's some query as well and it I've got it mapped to probably be on the back of Bruce Almighty, which will be on the back of Taj Mahali type thing. But um, yeah, no, it should be should be extremely hard to uh, hard to beat BJ. But um, it's a, a nice little horse race. Okay, moving on, race three, Perth Racing at Home Handicap. This is the second of the one thousand meter races on the day. Special conditions, uh, sixty plus graduation. Uh, Luke Fernie, friend of the podcast, uh, has been a guest on the show. He saddles up. Miss Frost, uh, big finishing four-year-old mare. Best horse um, he's put a saddle on. Yes. Um, went up to the 1,200 last start, just failed to gun down Tawny Pete. John uh, two. what are your thoughts on um, this race, Pete? See, we've got Miss Frost, who is the obvious horse to beat, but very smart, uh, three up-and-coming three-year-old, and she's enchanted as well. I'm a big fan of Miss Frost. I was on it uh, two starts ago um, when it won. And I was on it very heavy last start against Tawny Pete, and he got beat just like that one at Pinjero got beat a month ago. So. <laughs> you probably noticed Pete Pete's mood drop a little bit. He was on Al Mahalo in the first at Pinjero, which we just had a quick pause to watch, and uh, I think he was a bit confident over the line, weren't you, that you might have got the bob there? No, I, I, I was hoping that story of my life I'd yeah. get <laughs> so, beat a short half. Yeah, so he sounds like a punter already, doesn't he? He's no longer a bookmaker anymore. Story he, of my life. Jeez, he tried you sound to, like me. He tried to lift it too he over did. the line. He tried to throw it over you the should line. should have heard him roaring. <laughs> the neighbours, they got noise complaints from them. My autobiography would be beating a bee stick. That would be the title <laughs> Time and time and time again. So anyway, I like Miss Frost. I'm a real fan. I'd yeah. have it on top, but I'm not going to join in at the mm. 270. I've got a lot of respect for the bottom weight. She's yeah. enchanted. That was a super win last start. Um, Soft so starter, wasn't it? Very impressed with it. And uh, Terry Layton was up and about about false statement when it won, saying it's going to be a top liner as well. And I, I have it a clear third, so he's taking a fair bit of market percentage as well. Mm. End result is I can't get on any of them. So another sit sit job for me at the moment, unless what, something happens late on Betfair. What was your price as Miss Frost v She's Enchanted, Pete? I've got Miss Frost 360 a punt in an 80% market mm-hmm. and Miss Enchanted 480. Okay. So I'm not, not close to either of them. Yeah, I'm actually Enchanted, actually a slight favourite, but um, I had them both longer than they're ever going to be in the market purely because of that inside pad, which yeah, I'm Yeah, so I was allowing for the rail, Terry, obviously. She's Enchanted and Miss Frost will be, well, She's Enchanted, I think, will hold the top and Miss Frost will probably be two or three back the fence. Um, I think they'll be a little bit more aggressive. They won't want to let the uh, the good filly get away. But um, and just again, I, I can't dive into anything at the moment, not knowing how that's going to play at those type of shorts. Um, the one thing I do want to say here is I think that she's enchanted. Will be uh, either Chris Parnham or Jade McNaught looking at who doesn't have a ride. So um, Jade's riding uh, Captain Kink for Brett Pope in the previous pretty similar setup so there's a chance he might utilize the claim what happens with the claim would yeah. she be allowed? i don't know if she'd be allowed to no I, I know that something does occur but i can't remember what the i think the first is. option is they have to get a similar senior, jockey yeah. so if it was a senior they'd go for a senior time, yeah. if it was an apprentice they'd go for an apprentice that's yeah. my understanding like a lot yeah. yeah yeah i did say it'll be i dare say it'll be chris pun and there should be kira yule though she hasn't got a ride at this stage in the race so uh it's a shame it's not kira 
Yule, but uh, anyway, I am going to watch if the rail's cold. I'm going to have a little bit on a pair. Uh, false statement. You can't come at that at the 650 with uh, Bowen from a wide gate. At best, it's going to be sitting three deep the trip midfield. Okay, question. How would you be treating false statement if Maddie Derrick was in the saddle? Pretty similarly. I'd be I'd be more favourable. Yep. Um, I'd be more favourable. Is Bowen a winner yet on a Saturday? I don't think. I don't Not think she sure. has. Not that that's the end of the world, but um, I think false statement's a really nice horse, but this is a step up in grade against a couple of really sharp ones drawn well. And again, whether drawn well is actually drawn well or not, we'll, we'll find out on the day. But um, look, if the rail is off, I'm going to be looking at something late on Betfair on Missing Pro and McEdith. McEdith, you take away that last run where it was absolutely horrible. Every other run in the state has been um, has been tremendous and it loves a slop. So um, if that rail is cold, Missing Pro has was going to be a world beater um, early in uh, – Early in its career, um, and then it really turned to crap, um, <laughs> to, to be blatantly honest. Didn't show a great deal. Just battled. Just looked like one of these horses is going to battle into a sort of a, a C5 uh, Pinjara Northern horse on a Thursday and win two or three for its career. But the first up, uh, first up was off two months, uh, the 3rd of May. That run, um, I thought, despite not beating much, was really good at Bunbury. And then the last effort probably should have – I don't know, probably should have just about won. Just Vic got a little bit lost um, behind Santiago Girl. Um, prim and proper ran second to come out and ran second to boom bat. Boomtastic last week. So um, I think missing pro breeze, and that might be a nicer spot to be. But um, look, if, if the rail is is okay, um, Miss Frost or uh, She's Enchanted, they should be Quinella in this race. Mm. Downforce is the other. Sorry, yeah, Downforce can was, run a race I was just well. about to mention as well. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So, yeah, I was about to say, sorry, Terry, um, I've got She's Enchanted on top. Miss Frost is going to have to run some ripping splits to get over the top of uh, She's Enchanted, but she's capable of doing so. I expect those two to fight out the finish. Like Pete, I can't get close to their current odds. The horse that is value for me is Downforce. Mm -hmm. um, what price have you got Downforce? I had Downforce a $9 chance. Mm -hmm. So he can – he's um, 13 $12 mark at the moment on the local uh, operator, $10. But quick back up, I thought his run wasn't too bad uh, when he was unsuited last first up last Saturday. He's a real 1-1 one -one type of yeah. horse, isn't he, as yeah. well, if you look at his victories? Yeah. Um, or, or outside lane. And I, th I think I think they just went back and copped their medicine, um, as the Parnums can often do last week, and maybe with a, a grander plan in mind, and maybe this is – I just like the fact that it's uh, drawn low, it's suited – Bit of value built built into the current price. Downforce looks uh, looks a reasonable reasonable play there, especially considering his best form, his best results, and the and the run that he's going to get in transit as well. I just don't think he's a five kilo better horse than She's Enchanted. I mm, just yeah. can't imagine it beating, giving that weight and beating She's Enchanted or yeah. Miss Frost for that matter. I agree with Pete there, one hundred percent. Downforce's uh, win in a sixty plus last campaign was when. Um, I think Downforce had 54 was back. So that's yeah, it's a different kettle of fish when you got the 59. And, yeah, it's going to have to fight off a, a pretty smart little filly. But this is a race that's going to be dominated by how that rail plays. Again, VJ, it, it very simply is. It's it's quite incredible. If the rail is fine, those two horses should Cornella it and Cornella it pretty easily. What are your thoughts on Miss Frost from a low draw? Uh, no cold issue. rail aside, do you think it could be an issue? Because all her wins have been swooping into – into no, space. No issue apart from the yeah, rail. Last time she was no inside issue. horses, she she sort of – That's, I know there was, that's, that's a – no, that, that, that wasn't that. That that's was – there was a whole raft of reasons why she yeah. got beat that day. No. Oh, yeah, I'm not I saying that. I think she'll go better. 
I think it should go better. Cuddled yeah. up, wait that little sprint, even if it's a 150 meter sprint. And that, if that rail's fine, little 150 meter sprint, I've got to stop talking about it. A little 150 meter sprint. And um, I think she could absolutely let down, like we saw with Mitch Pateman first up um, okay. in a similar type. Yeah, she's so, just, no issue. Me, I'd be a horse who prefers to sort of, but we'll see how, see how it plays out. We'll see if she's got that versatility in her on Saturday. Um, moving on to race number four. Amelia Park handicap. This is a good race. 1300 oh, meter for some very very smart three year olds. Um, looking forward to this one, Guru. Yeah, this is um, this is the race. Well, besides the Hyperion, this is the race of the day. I'd suggest. Um, I don't really have a strong opinion here. It looks like Paul Harvey has replaced Lucy Warwick on Abbott Dean Queen. Um, how are you guys got this map? Do we got Indian Pacific leading Levitate hopping on? Uh, Indian Pacific's back, Resort Man breezing, unless Maricino kicks up and uh, takes a breeze and Resort Man goes 1-1 one, one, and Aberdeen Queen midfield chasing them. What about Mercy Prevail as they'll go forward on it? Potentially, if it's yeah. got the speed to go with them early. Indian Pacific goes pretty sharp and yeah. um, if the rail is off, I think Pike will look to stay off it yeah. stay off it and hold the outside of Indian Pacific if he, if he can on Levitate, which mm-hmm. will make it interesting. But that will probably give Resort Man the 1-1 because uh, Kira will know by that stage that she doesn't want to go um, – to the fence and that could be uh the winning spot peter but how have you got this race mapped i've got a mapped in indian pacific leading and winning on the rail so if the rail's off i've turned the tv over and watching the footy and just put this down as a loss <laughs> my other strong opinion on the race is resort man i am staggered they're backing this up seven days later off a gut busting run last week where it got spanked by showmanship and really um pricked like a balloon in the last hundred meters I'm surprised they're backing it up. I think it's emotionally scarred. I think it's physically scarred from last week. It's going to be running on a soft track. Um, a bit like the people that backed it, you <laughs> I wouldn't be backing it up a week later. So I'm I'm willing to take it on. I'll make it my lay of the day. They're a, uh, oh, I like this. They're a pretty sharp yard. And they're all, they're a, BJ and uh, I were discussing before we came on air. They're not a, a yard that over-races their horses. So I... I agree. I'm really surprised they're backing it up. But um, what do you make of the tongue tie going on? Are they suggesting that that choked m- down. might yeah, have been an issue? There last are week? there are murmurings um, that he choked down murmurings. last week. There are murmurings that he might have choked down the run last week. But we often hear that there's a gear change and there's no improvement. But mm. um, oh, I tell you what, I, I trust the Michael Lane Yard, and I reckon this is one of their uh, most prized commodities. And I'd be surprised if they're backing up their most prized commodity if he wasn't 100. percent So uh, I'm not having a bet at three dollars ten, but I'm gonna. Put him on top. Someone tweeted last week when Showmanship won so impressively and, and in reference to Resort Man, someone tweeted Showmanship broke Resort Man's heart and I tend to agree. Um, sometimes horses can do that when they're mm. in a, you know, they give their all and, geez, Resort Man spat the bit out. And you say it choked down, I think it's had its heart broken and I'll be surprised to see it really bounce back and, and, and give its best. But mm. I've been wrong before. I'm you reckon ha- we might see another unplaced run here potentially? Potentially, yeah. I like that. A strong, uh, we always like a good, strong opinion on the one one, don't we, Bernard? Yeah, I mean, I'm, I, I, yeah, exactly. And, um, Pete, if you do chuck out a, uh, a Betfair lay, tag, tag the one one in, and, uh, we'll, I probably we'll won't because I'm chips oh, in on, here in, we go. Because yeah. I'm chips in on in Pacific, I don't want to do the double whammy. So yeah. I probably won't from that respect, but, um, I'll certainly be against resort, man. I know one that you like in this race is uh, Levitate, BJ. Mm. What about the last start effort? That was also on a day where the rail wasn't the best spot to be. Mm. Um, how big was the effort to let Aberdeen Queen basically level up, get past it and go again? Do you think Pike misjudged that ride in not going a little bit earlier and uh, utilising the fact he had the top on Levitate? Yeah, I, th- um, I, think, I think Pike, he, I think if 
we've spoken about this before. If if there's a chink in his armour, it's on leaders. Uh, and a bit too cute at times. Yeah, I think he, he think he rides leaders like he rides most leaders like he rides. You know, a stalking horse. Basically, he gets away with it sometimes, but in in that particular situation, cost at the race. Cost at the race. Yeah, and I tend to think like I'm, this has been hypercritical because there was a head margin at the finish. But I tend to think maybe there was a bit in that in the Laverod race last week as well, where I think there was between the six and the four potentially. Paddy could have let him slide a touch more, and made it more of a six hundred. That or a 700 home rather than a 500 home. But regardless, Pikey was a bit cute on Levitate, allowed Aberdeen Queen, who'd done, to creep into the race and be right on top of him. And, I mean, she's a pretty smart filly, so we'll see how she goes. But the the just he just had to use Levitate a little bit more, and I think he would have established a big enough break to withstand the um, Aberdeen Queen finish. I think Pete was pretty happy with the uh, the way that race went, weren't you? I was on Aberdeen Queen and I was, as I said to you before, I saw it was, you it was were a big in, uh, result. You and um, Dan Cripps had a bit of a chat here later, didn't he? Did you take some of that? I didn't take his price, no. no. I'd, I was already on. But um, I don't know. If, if Pike rides Levitate harder earlier, maybe it stops quicker and Aberdeen Queen picks it up easier. I don't, I don't know. Yeah. No, I'm, uh, I'm, I disagree. Well, potentially. Potentially. That's why we but uh, debate I think these issues. Moving on to this race particularly, I think Pike will be looking, will be keen to – get some cover with Levitate. I reckon he's a chaser, this horse, which suits Pike as well. So I think we, Pike, you can stalk the leading pair, um, have him coiled up for one last crack at him, and I think Levitate can make things very, very interesting. Um, I had him on top, Levitate. 450 was my price. I had him on top of Resort Man, Indian Pacific, who's a very, very good horse in, in his own right, and he's gonna lead and look to control things from there. Leading into what we were just discussing before, do you will you be following your money? Oh, you've already mentioned that you're on Indian Pacific, but how do you think Aberdeen Queen will measure up in this particular grade? I've got Indian Pacific pretty clear. I've got it 280. It's the yep. only horse I, I want to back in the race. Yep. Um, behind those, I've got Aberdeen Queen and Levitate Level, yep. and then I've got a small margin to Marachino and Resort Man. So I actually don't have Resort Man in my top three. Um, maybe I should lay it for a place for a bit, thinking that it won't back up two weeks in a row after last week's run. Indian Pacific beat Windstorm last time, which was the Kingstontown winner, wasn't it, Terry? Mm, would have been. Would have been, yes. Would have been, yep. So Windswept or Windstorm? <laughs> mm, I decided to let that one go. We'll let him, I had a little crack at my preview at him about that last week, so we'll let him uh, We'll let him have one mistake. Still uh, one of the best callers in Australia. Yes, yeah, so, yeah, that's right, Terry. Darren McCauley, one of the best in the business. Um, but that uh, Windstorm, is quite a good segue into race five of the day, Terry. Yes, it, uh, it certainly is. Um, this will be a very interesting, uh, very interesting watch. Um, what have we got? 1,300 metres, 66 plus. Uh, we have a race um, that has a lot of roadblocks. BJ, which I found quite interesting. A Terry lot of Layton horses patented roadblocks. Well, a lot of horses who I think will be probably gone on the bend or not long after, and there might not be um, a great cart up for Windstorm in this race. Interested to hear Pete's thoughts uh, and what price you had Windstorm here. I think Windstorm just wins. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can put all the roadblocks in the way that you like. He's he's got a better turn of foot than the rest of these. I, I've got it at a dollar fifty-five a punt and an eighty percent market. I don't give mm-hmm. anything else a chance. So one horse race for mine. Okay. Nice I'll just be watching though. I'm not going to back it at that price. Yeah. What well, will be enough to get involved? 
if you see something nearing two to one, will you? I've got a rule, it? Terry. That's called my 250 rule. I don't bet under 250. Really? Unless I do. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's a very strict rule, but I tend to break it every now and then. I backed the first winner yesterday at $1.55, so I've been known to, not to the full amount. I'll have a, a third or a quarter of a bet on them, but I don't mm -hmm. bet them anywhere near. I don't want Just to. Just to scratch that itch. Yeah, that's it. That's it. Just to let them go around, have a bit of skin in the game. But um, mm -hmm. no, 250 is what I try and get and uh, if it's shorter than that then I'm not really showing a lot of interest but I'll be interested to watch this horse it looks pretty progressive odds on look on yeah no I, I agree I, I do think and as we know Bob's Peters really elevates second up numbers were great first up despite getting done as a short price favourite um, as soon as Indian Pacific crossed and found the fence I think it was um, oh, it was probably race over to be honest it was going to be awfully hard to run down a, a pretty sharp one out in front um, like that I do think the one horse that can um, give it a run for its money is Double Bubble don't think it was suited sitting last start thing from eight they'll be really aggressive and from eight if the rail is off um sean can stay a horse or two off the fence just absolutely bowl them along out in front it's a total um swimmer if pike gets lost on windstorm or gets behind the wrong horse and has to make a big sustained run it wouldn't surprise me if double bubble can um can just about nick it but i i'm with you pete i do think windstorm it's a class above these and with any type of normal luck um should be winning but i will be watching double bubble late on betfair and if i can see something like tens and 220 um, I'll happily be having an each way bet to nothing, as they say. What price, Windstorm? Uh, I had a dollar seventy-five. I'm surprised. I had double bubble five bucks. That mm. maybe I did actually. It was initially a dollar sixty versus sevens type thing, um, and I just wibbled them around a bit. But uh, yeah, dollar seventy-five is probably as uh, as long as I possibly could have got Windstorm. Expect that. Uh, expect that he trades around about dollar forty-five, dollar fifty. Mm. Yeah, I was a dollar sixty Windstorm. Just think this is, uh, as you said, the progression, first up, second up, the, is the Cerecen White trademark. The way he was able to close with 60.5 kgs first up, looks really well placed against the older horses with that weight relief as well. He's going to come forward significantly, shake off that bit of ring rust. I think Pikey's just going to ride him uh, like the best horse, get him out into the middle of the, middle of the uh, Belmont Strait and let him do his thing. You spoke about a horse potentially nicking it. The only horse I can find that has the talent uh, and I guess the map advantage to be able to do that is Kelvin. Really like Kelvin as a horse. He just, I feel like he's had a bit of an interrupted prep. All 2020 has just been a bit all over the shop for him. Uh, so, but he's a, he's a pretty decent, tough front runner. He goes well on the rain affected, has a, has a good record at Belmont also from his two-year-old career. Kelvin with Jay McNaught uh, riding um, positively. I think he's going to box on gamely late, but I can just see Windstorm just giving them wind burn late. Too good for me. Uh, double bubble each way if over 10 to 1. I think that's my first suggested bet for the day, just about. It's taken five races, and that's only if we get the prize. It still has to creep out about 60% from its current, uh, current quote, but um, we'll keep our eyes peeled. Anyway, okay. AJ. All right. First leg of the late quaddy mm. Vale Bonnie Bert Purton handicap, 2,000 metres, uh, 72 plus. Um, we often we often chat about how these staying races, they take them in turns. 14, full field of 14 plus three emergencies. So there's a few trying to get in the get in the get into this field as well. Whose turn do you think it will be this week, Pete? 
was picture perfect turn last week, and boy, did they know. Uh, I, was, I was astounded at the amount of money that came for picture perfect late. Um, I had it a very open race last time, and uh, to, to single it out at 2.25, I was flabbergasted. I have no real opinion this race. I'm pretty much with the market. I have picture perfect, beating Divine Shadow, beating British, British Specialty, which was the trifecta last time. Mm. Um, I see no reason why that won't change this time. One that I do have at the big price is Volkswagen Frank, so that'll be my long shot for the day, I think, later on. But staying races, I think I've said it many, many times, bucks. is not my forte, um, so I will not be playing this race. Yeah, I'm with you. Hey, there's no real reason. Should change from last night. I just wanted to ask a question to you, BJ. You're, uh, you're probably a little bit more in tune with the handicaps than I. Why is mm-hmm. Divine Shadow um, the 9th of May ran second to That's Funny As? Got two points. Uh, on the 30th of May, ran second to Picture Perfect, got two points. Why? Why not just one point? What happened there? That was in a 64 plus as a 72 Raider, so it was nothing to do with that. And then it was in a, as a 74 Raider and a 64 plus. You probably didn't even, I probably caught you off guard a little bit here, haven't I? Why has it got two points and not just the one? Is it because they cleared out from third? Is, is that the thought process or? I, I found it very odd. In my mind, Divine Shadow is carrying a kilo more than um, than he should be, which, um, yeah, I, I found that a bit odd. Bit I odd. find it odd too. Thanks mm. for highlighting that, Terry. I'll mm. we'll have to do the deep dive on that after the podcast. I presume it's the gap to third. That's, yeah, that's all it can be. But, it but I mean, the um, so Divine Shadow's got – looks like it's got two points for running second and Picture Perfect's only five. got so – he got the – okay, he got the five. Yeah, he did get the five, the yeah. There, yeah. Um, yeah. Good point. Is that happening across the very, board? That's very, that's very rare. Yeah, especially very in a staying rare. race where margins can be uh, inflated sort of a little bit. And, and he was already carrying weight anyway. I mean, he carried 61 kilos and ran second. So, yeah, yeah I find was, that intriguing. The, the claim yeah. was being utilised. So, yeah, I, I just found that very odd. So, look, Divine Shadow, last two efforts and first two goes over the staying trip was huge. Mitch Pateman goes on for Bo. You said that as a positive, but um, the horse has probably gone best for Bow in those two runs, so it's it's an interesting one how they'll all compare. But yeah, it's just one of these lottery races. Um, I'm with I'm with Pete in the fact now that it's forty one dollars. Um, I've marked then again I've marked Volkswagen twenty six, so it's not necessarily a huge about above the price. Um, but the the one horse that I think could uh, cause a minor boil over, well, it would be a boil over, um, probably gets out to twenty dollars plus late on the exchanges. That's funny as. Um, Started before. Beat Divine Shadow two starts ago, and that was funny because that was off about 35 days, 1,400 to 1,800, got to the top with low weight. Minimum, yeah. Minimum and weight, uh, yeah. and just kept going. So back to the minimum, 28 days between runs. We'll find the top with not much pressure on here. Look, in a race where it's, as Pete said, I think he described it really well, Picture Perfect Divine Shadow and then British Bessie, who does have things in her favour compared to the other two, but the gap was so large, it's hard to it's hard to justify that much of a turnaround. They look like they should trifecta it again, but if there's going to be a blowout, um, I think a horse out in front over a staying journey is always nice to have something on. So at this stage, I've priced that's funny as uh, 10 to 1. So the rail's okay now? Shit, by this stage she'll know. Jade from Barrier <laughs> Five, she's going to stay off. I'm glad you brought that up, Peter. Actually, Jade's going to uh, Jade's going to stay about uh, three horses off the fence and lead throughout after never touching the rail. That, that day, that that's funny as one at Ascot. That was a mad rail. Um, it was, yeah, yeah, yeah certainly was. 
Yeah, certainly was. Look, I only want, I'm not really keen on this whatsoever, but at the price, I've marked it 10s at 16, 17s. I get to have a little spec on it type thing. So, but um, no, another race I'm not overly keen on, unfortunately, guys. The other query on that's funny as is it's out to what, 2000 now. It's going to be a soft track, so it's going to race more like a 22. Yeah, especially um, if it's staying off the rail as well. Got to so. be a bit of a query on that's funny as running that, do you think? Uh, I ran the 1800 meters with a 35 day break um, when the previous run was over the 1400. So, this is only an extra 200 meters. Plus conditions, obviously. Um, yeah, there's definitely a query. So that's why we're getting 20 to 1. But Interesting training, though, from Dion Luciani. I see he's got... You've got to back him in. If he's, he's, got, he's consistently he's got doing star it. star value in the same race. 28 days, 1,400 up to, what are we, 2,000? Yep. Interesting. Big, big run last start, star value It was as well, a good run, so yeah. But yeah. Form's good, gets a bad one. But yeah, mm. you don't... Most there's, there's usually a bit of a formula and a bit of a pattern to the, to the progression of these horses towards a, a trip, but Dion's just sort of doing his own thing at the moment, which um, yeah makes for interesting form analysis, I suppose. But um, yeah, I can't come at um, either of his uh, runners in this myself. Sticking with Picture Perfect as as a tip, but it's um it's not the uh, it's not quite the price that I'm looking for. I thought it was four dollars a field in these staying races so yeah i thought pikey had to use him a bit from the draw had to, had to expose him a bit earlier than what they usually do on the streets and white horses last start he was very fortunate that he had bo banovic edwards inside him and just sort of just sort of checkmated her every time that she tried to to make a move and um that effectively won him the race um not to mention the not to mention the the trench sort of played hashtag the trench played a um played a part but yeah it was just it was a masterclass from pike i think with a i think it'll actually appreciate a more patient ride which will be almost a necessity from this draw you can see a three wide line forming potentially pikey getting onto the back of something that just drags picture perfect into a trying to map these staying races yeah. is stupid honestly this yeah. is one of the, the biggest things in the world is trying to map these stuff you think okay british bessie barrier two if things work out a lot better be able to land just behind and the next yeah, thing you know they the volkswagen yeah. franks makes that bid mid-race move and british bessie ends up near last from yeah. from the from the gate so trying yeah. to over map them is just a mess and half i mean that's why i don't mind having if you're just having a small bet to scratch that itch Peter <laughs> I don't mind having something on the horse you know is going to be out on top or a horse like Volkswagen Frankie you know they're going to make a mid-race move and try yeah. to make it into a proper staying test with it I don't think Pikey will be looking for inside runs though so he'll be, make, he'll be making a move under his own steam I uh, think Pitch Perfect is going to win his share of races I think he's sort of a developing four-year-old star he's no world beater but I think that he's he, there's definite upside there I think he'll outstay them again surprised he didn't cut, go again with British Bessie Terry, um, nice weight drop, oh, good, no. good draw. Yep. But um, but she's going to have admirers as well. And she yeah, can win. so the, she can the, win, the trifecta from the other day will look the obvious again. And uh, outside of those, I just see rivalry galore. It's been a bit of a tease, no. tease horse no. this prep. But I'm just going to say the pads are on rivalry galore, and I see pads are also on. She's enchanted earlier in the day. Same Brad Pope stable. Just Brad Pope just figured out what they were, maybe. Yeah, interesting. <laughs> That, so I'll be be watching that, but for me, I think Picture Perfect looks like he's he's progressive. I think he can he can get the job done again. Yeah, very likely. All right, race seven on the card: Glenroy Chaff handicap, fourteen hundred meter graduation, special conditions handicap. Pete, 
You got any gold for the listeners? Pro Consent's been a good horse for me. It won that uh, Sky Championship final a couple of weeks ago at a good price, uh, down mm. to twenty one dollars for a while there on Betfair. Underrated. I think so. Had a, yeah. and it still is. Uh, it seems. Uh, I think fourteen is a great price here. It's nice when you can latch onto a horse and sort of uh, follow it through its career to a degree. When you think it's underrated and you continue to get a good price, this might be one from your vintage page. Do you remember a horse? This is my favourite horse when it comes to that. Do you remember a horse called Lomond Side Lass? What about Graham Ballantyne leader? Takai Kanushi wrote it most of its career. Oh, and it won. Just jumped and ran. <laughs> jumped and ran consistently at 15, 20 to 1. Was, the name uh, rings a bell. I don't, don't recall the horse one in of particular. My anyway, back to, back to you. Back Peter. to this. So <laughs> I like uh, Pro Consent at the price. $14 is very good. I've backed that early. Um, I've got it a pretty wide race, BJ, to be mm. honest. Um, Eurasia is over my price. Yep. Uh, I think that's about the same price somewhere. Um, what price did you have those two? Eurasia is about uh, anywhere from eight fifty to eleven dollars at the moment. Yeah, well, it's fourteen first thing. Yeah, I've got a little bit of fourteen somewhere. Um, what price have those two? I've got uh, Procentin at eight dollars, Eurasia at ten. Mm-hmm. Uh, Serenity Bay is going to be very hard to beat. I don't get it anywhere near the market price, which is six to four, which is very skinny yeah, for me. Not for me either. Not I've got it. I've got a very wide race, seven or eight dollars a field. So leave me out of Serenity Bay. Like the horse. Yep. Um, Again, it's right in my mix, but a wide race, so too short at the current price. I've got it $10. Yeah, okay. BJ, where are we looking here? Oh, I think Serenity Bay ticks all the boxes, but I'm a bit like Pete. I think that um, that price is, well, yeah, I was well, I was 350 Serenity Bay, so 260, 245, 250 locally. Um, but, geez, it looks, looks bleedingly obvious. Um, pretty smart. Pretty smart mare, trialled up well, was beaten by Media Baron and Flower of War at its last two defeats, last prep, and that form ended up being pretty, pretty strong. Pike on, low draw, run the race, first up. Team Williams just looks looks the obvious. And I do think it, it, there's, a, like what Pete said, I think that it's, it's a bit wider than that, though, like from a pricing point of view. Costa del Santo was a good result for most of us um, last start when we got the bob in um, over Tollman. Coming back to 14, probably a good thing, I think. I think he just just really stretched out to the mile last start, saved up Mitchell Pateman uh, down the middle of the Belmont Strait. As Costa del Santo will be flashing. Um, do we like it back to the 14 or do we think that's a I, negative or a positive? I think it's a positive. Yep. Me. Hot style's flying. I mean, it's going to got the Merrill Haley as well. Yeah, but it's 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 um, provincial championship series final run was monstrous. Can, can Hot Style out sprint Costa del Santo? No, I don't think so. But it's racing really, really well. I'm with Pete. I I think this is a nice option for Eurasia. I think he's a three old with a bit of quality. Was on the uh, worst part of the track the other day. Was ridden close to the um, Indian Pacific's heels. Might um, might have just needed that as well. He um, he gets a bit of weight relief and. And a good gate for Steve Wolf and Sean McGrady. But yeah, I think, gun to my head, I think Serenity Bay will win. Uh, price isn't quite there from a value point of view. Costa del Santo is, is currently over my my odds. I was uh, 5.50 Costa del Santo. Yeah, there's only one or two races that I really want to get involved in. Um, the Hyperion being the other in a second. But uh, Serenity Bay, uh, you basically said it all. Uh, one first up last prep over the 1300 on a, on a leader by Pinjarra track coming from near last. Really nice win. In third was Media Baron, then ran second to Media Baron. 
Then ran third to Flower of War. Really good form lines. Trial over 1,100, important to note for a 1,400-meter first up run. A little bit extra fitness. Really soft trial. Mm. I think it lands just behind a really nice speed with next stop the moon, Akiko. And there's one other, I think, inflation. Really well inflation. Yeah. Recharger as well. I think it parks just behind them. Um, and I think it's really hard to beat. I've got Serenity Bay $2.40. So pretty short for mm. Serenity Bay for me. Eurasia, I've got $5.20. Mm. So Eurasia each way is probably the bet at the moment. Um, I'm pretty keen on, on backing the pair. Eurasia is down in class and down in weight and is drawn to sit um, just behind them. We need to have a little bit of trust that it's come back after a, um, a two-month let-up. Um, but Eurasia's a really nice horse. Runs behind, seconds behind Talladega, Tommy Blue and those type of uh, those type of runners. A bit stiff behind last of the line when jagged to last before that little freshen up. And uh, look, if we can, if we can back uh, Serenity Bay late, I suspect we'll see 280. And if we can um, take the 10s, Eurasia, double play, really can. think Costa del Santo is just too far off them. Mm. And that's the issue. It'll be chasing and it'll run a night, really nice race. I just think it'll just be a bit too far off them. And it looks too much really, of a head start. Too much of a head yeah. start. It looks yeah. a really good race. So, really, really keen that we can play the pair of those for a uh, result. Just on pro consent, Chloe as a party uh, booted a couple home at $20. Yesterday, was it? Mm -hmm. Kennedy and... Burning Magic. Burning Magic. Yep. Uh, um, broken Scent. Uh, what price was it in the Provincial Series Final? $15, $20? Mm -hmm. like Hit 20 on Betfair for a while and then was backed into 13 on the jump. Yeah, like, yeah. Her, her, uh, her supporters will be... Uh, will be lining their pockets at the moment. She's doing a really good job, Chloe has a party. Mm -hmm. So they're, I think she'll, uh, they're running that, for her. Yeah, transitions from apprentice no claim to when she can't claim, sorry, after... Riding out her apprenticeship, I think she's one that will transition into a pretty successful senior rider. Yeah, down down to the yeah, claiming one point five at the moment, but yeah, she's um she's going to keep booting home a, a stack of winners. But yeah, interesting second leg of the quaddy there. So um we'll move on now to the feature of the day. It's the C Corp Hyperion Stakes Group Three Wait for Age, the third of the Wait for Age series, where they rise to the sixteen hundred meters. I get a feeling that Terry wants to launch. What's going on? Terry's Gary? already had a bit of a launch. What's going um, on? We got our man on the ground to uh, to go and snaffle up all the five bucks that uh, the East Coast put up about Mississippi Delta. Um, yeah, I'm super keen Mississippi Delta. I, I think there's only three winning chances, um, and the other two winning chances have some sort of question mark over them. Um, Angelic Ruler at the mile. Um, the query is, I'm interested actually to hear your thoughts here, Pete. You obviously saw Angelic Ruler jump or miss stride at the trench, the famous Belmont Trench. Do you feel that she had the opportunity to pick up and sprint again? Do you feel she peaked on her run? What are we making of that? Do we think that maybe 1,400 metres is her peak and the mile she's just not at her best uh, towards the end of the race? What's your what's your feel on that? My feel is I don't know. Um, she had the momentum to go past last that's very, time. That's and, very and helpful. The, the trench stopped her in her tracks. Mm -hmm. she was Whether she was entitled to pick up again, I, I don't know. She spat the dummy after that happened. Whether she spat the dummy, whether she come to the end of a run, well, tomorrow's going to tell that. I'd, I'll be a little bit reticent launching into her at 1600 after mm. she did that but it could just have been the, the trench that took the wind out of her sails and she couldn't pick up again just on Mississippi Delta I'm not as bullish about that horse as you are mm -hmm. 53 in the Perth Cup is going to carry 57 away for age that Perth Cup was probably the weakest Perth Cup I've seen it was atrocious really mm. um I don't know. I, I, I wouldn't be launching into Mississippi Delta at Wait for Age when we have genuine Wait for Age horses in this race. The interesting runners are at the top and 
they've all been a little bit disappointing and probably at the certainly in the twilight of their careers whether they can resurrect it now we're getting out in distance and show some of their true weight for age form will be interesting to see and i think that's the the key to the race for me i won't be backing them but i'll be interesting to watching them the likes of blackheart bart multiple group one winner humidor second in the cock plate cox plate to wing scatting which won the maccabi diva last year in melbourne material man which has a sensational record and uh, the list goes on. Those those wait for age horses will be really interesting to watch getting out to 1600. Well, they get to a big prize bet fair late. The type of thing if you ever spec on Humidor at 25, 30 to 1, Black Heart Bart 35 to 1 type thing. Are they I was really bullish about them buck? last start at the 1400, yeah. thinking that one of them's going to show Humidor something. Was but good. I thought Black Heart Bart wasn't in the race. I thought Gadding was good. Yeah, yeah Gadding was good. I was yeah. on Gadding at. Gadding hit a little bit of a flat spot. I really think Gadding will benefit from Kira Yule going on board as well. It's a bit of a stronger hands and heels jockey, and I think that'll be quite a uh, positive um, for Gadding. It's a bit it's a bit hard to map the win from the gate, but um, I do like the the jockey change there, which is now Kira Yule, by the way, for those that are unaware. Okay, so who've got a, who's on top? On top is the Velvet King. Velvet I King. wasn't on him last start. Um, I won't be on him at this, this stage, this start. He's getting close. I've got him 440 punt. Yep. Mm-hmm. And I think best price is $4 at the moment. So I'll monitor that in the days coming. And Hard in the mouth at the jump. He's missed it. He's missed it about 50% of his starts. He's a good horse, but he's got a, he's got some chinks yeah, in his armor, doesn't he? The my my note is I think that I think he's probably best at the 1400. Definitely think he gets a good mile. Yeah. But if he misses a kick, he can't do the work to get to the top and probably win over the mile. If he jumps cleanly, lands outside of Abdicate or even crosses the stable, mate. Um, I do think that uh, he'll be extremely hard to run down, but there's some, yeah, there's just some queries about uh the Velvet King. Yeah, I I I'm sticking with the Velvet King. Obviously, brutal beat in the Belmont sprint uh, but if he can if he can begin cleanly and find the uh, front he can really control this race um, he's got the two runs into him now ready for ready for to, to run out a strong mile Mitchell Pateman in front uh, he's as good as they get in Western Australia from that position uh, this is this is really really good horse the Velvet King and he's going to get He's going to get a chance, and it's going to take a it's going to take a really big effort to to get past him. Mississippi Delta is the obvious horse who has that that draw just really brings her into contention, doesn't it? Um, she'll settle she'll settle a lot closer. A lot closer. Thing. Yeah. Second up, Peter's horse. They just improve out of sight, and I think she jumped well enough last start to settle closer. But Pike had to really jag. She he never really got serious on her. She ran the quickest final two without him really ever getting stuck in. Yeah. Um, yeah, I just think she's she ticks yeah. a lot here for me. She yeah, she does. I just think with, out in front, Velvet King, Mitchell Pateman with Gadding and Abdicator in the race as well. There's going to be it's going to be an impressive racing flying V type situation mm. at the front of the field. Gadding going forward uh, potentially. Mm. He always sort of rolls can be pretty positive. Um, tough bugger Gadding. Yeah, I reckon it's Mississippi Delta will want to be spot on to be able to gun down Velvet King. I think mm. um, so. I'm gonna. I'm going to go again. Velvet King on top. I was three fifty the pair, so um, he's about he's over my price at the moment. What about Perfect Jewel? Well, was it a fluke last start, or can I, I do it again? Necessarily, was a fluke. She just was in the right spot for her. I think from the outside gate thirteen, I imagine she's going to be rearwards. Um, can she can she come from there and? Do what she did last start. I have, I have my doubts. Um, look, she's a she's a pretty pretty good man. She has been for for a long time. From thirteen, I just think she's just mapped out of this race. What do you think think about Perfect Jewel, Terry? 
Uh, oh yeah, does lightning strike twice? I guess mm. is the uh, is the big query. Um, one well enough, but it was a perler from Patrick. Credit where credit is due. Um, happy to take on perfect jewel here. So I, my the blinkers are on BJ. I've got yep. Mississippi Mississippi Delta three bucks, and I'm um, very happy to be involved. I reckon we're probably going to see around that four dollar quote throughout with the Velvet King money likely to come again. Uh, might even see better late due to the weight of money which continues to come for that horse. So if that does come again. I'll be um, yeah I'll, I'll be making my presence felt. On Betfair with Mississippi Delta here, BJ. Oh, very very confident. Very keen. Out. Very keen. Look out, all you layers. The guru's coming. Yeah, I wish I was bookmaking. <laughs> for you. I wish I was bookmaking. I'll get I a bit of that little, cash. I can make a little side deal here. What have you got in the lay? Over four bucks. Over four bucks. We might be able to do some business here, Peter. I'll talk to you in a minute. <laughs> yeah, so the Hyperion stakes are mile weight for age. Uh, from here, they progress into the Strickland Stakes mm -hmm. 2000, which is a, looks like a, another different race again. But, um, but yeah, it does look like I think the market's um, got it right with the clash but, uh, between the Velvet King and Mississippi Delta. They stand out. Angelic Ruler, the mile, is the big is the big query. And I saw that the Pierce brothers were quoted um, in the press during the week. They, they're really looking at this race as a guide as to what they do with her moving forward. I thought they really said that really, really well. Because yeah. I'm with Peter. If, if she could run out a strong mile. Uh, if, they, if we can put that down to the trends last start, she was going to wallop them last start and win by a length or so. So, um, yeah, it, it is a really good learning curve for the stable with that horse. Excellent. All right. I think it's... Um, that time of the podcast, Terry. It is the get out Sean Nichols time. The uh, the the main man, see if you can win at time number four. The get out stakes. Uh, you explain it, BJ. I, I get it wrong. How do we spell that? How do we spell it? S-T-E-A-K-S. Excellent. So, yeah, the get out stakes sponsored by our friends at Market City Meats, uh, Bannister Road, Canningvale Markets, Bannister Road. Um, so, yeah, the Market City Meats, very simple Twitter-based competition. Send us a tweet. At the one one pod, let us know who you think will win the last race, the Get Out Stakes at Belmont this Saturday. Send through a decimal winning margin, and you can be in the running to win a jackpot hundred dollar gourmet beef package from the team out at Market City Meats. So, um, yeah, good luck to everyone who enters at the one one pod winner and a decimal winning margin, two decimal points preferable. Terry. Might be a good week to start up some um, fake Twitter handles. Really have a really have a good crack at the uh, the hundred buck jackpot this week, mind it? Mm, those succulent steaks from Market City Meats, they do go down a treat. So how we how we plan the get out? Uh, we'll probably have some pineapple with our uh, with our steaks, I'd suggest as well, wouldn't we, BJ? Yeah, yeah. It's the, the only way to have it. <laughs> uh, the get out. I, I, I reckon I think Pete's not on board. The pineapple uh, express. Pete, Pete was okay with the pineapple. I'm okay with the pineapple. I feel ripped off with the muffin, to be honest. <laughs> yeah. I come here expecting steak sandwiches. I get fed yeah, muffins. Yeah, What's going on? Yeah, the, the muffin man. <laughs> yeah, the, uh, the boys have been a bit short-changed. I've got a little luncheon after this, so I've uh, I've tried to change their steak sandwich for a muffin. And while I enjoy their muffin, a little banana chocolatey type uh, type affair, they're, uh, Peter Special is a little bit dirty. He's not going to be um, treated to a... Uh, a steak and uh, pineapple in some bread. So <laughs> next time, anyway, I'm sure we'll have Peter on again soon. False and advertising. I might even have him there. Yeah, well, he wouldn't have turned up. That's why I didn't tell him before he came. Um, the last. Well, I tell you what, I reckon not to be missed is going to be a very popular selection this week in the uh, in the GIS. Pike but, in the um, last. Pike in the last. Something different. I do think though, um, oh, it might be a little risk. Yeah, what what price have we got? Uh, we got to not to be missed here, Pete. I'm interested to see what quote. Get a back marker, up in class, first up, 
Interesting. With Wrinkley bowling him along, he's going to know uh, he's going to know he's in a horse race out the back of the field here, or somewhere mm. towards the rear, isn't he? Very interesting. Short enough now at the market, just looking at a dollar ninety on tap touch. That's I noticed crazy. that's very short. That's crazy. A lot of people are going to be saying he's never won on a wet track. I'll be saying he's never lost on a wet track. So <laughs> you know, there's two ways of looking at that. He's six out of ten. He hasn't done a lot. Oh, she, she, he, he, he hasn't done a lot wrong. But $1.90, leave me out. I've got it clearly on top, but I want three ten before I get involved. I've got a pretty clear second in Multiverse and quite happy mm. to take the, the price that's around on that at the moment. That's uh, Loves the wet. Um, you got some of the 16s this morning. Uh, someone beat me to it. And then I was locked out there for quite a while for some reason, but I managed to get some of the 12s. Picking up your scraps as usual, Terry. That's what happens, I'm afraid. <gasps> He doesn't, he doesn't leave a lot for the battlers. <laughs> I, the don't, I don't even really like it. It's just, hey? above, it's just above my quote. I don't even really like it that much. He's like uh, Pac-Man, just goes around, just gobbles up everyone. Statistic, <laughs> statistic, statistic for everyone. This is, uh, this is pretty uh, irrelevant, but a bit of a statistic for everyone. Wrinkley's had 53 stars. How many at Belmont? Zilcho. Zero. How many yeah. on a wet track? Just the one. It's incredible, isn't it? I can't, believe, really... he hasn't, I can't believe he hasn't raced at Belmont. It's no, remarkable. Neither can I. Yeah, it's it's, remarkable. It's, I found that uh, quite uh, yeah, an amazing start. They know the horse. They... No, his strengths, the shortest straight at Ascot, the hard tracks. So interesting how he goes at Belmont. But where are we going, Pete? What's, what else is a bet for us here? Anything Nothing. Close? No, I've only got two that I want to be on. I only bet within three kilos of my top rate, and I have not to miss pretty short, as I said, at the 310. I've got Multiverse at 650, which I'm into, and that's me mm. done for the race. Tell us about your horse. You've got a share in flow. Can we? Uh, can the listeners have something on with a degree of confidence? No. Okay. <laughs> um, not telling them not to. I'm not saying it won't win, but just listening to Martin Allen and, and his assessment of it is the horse is come, has come back particularly well. It's going to improve out of this race, heading towards maybe the Bolton Sprint, yep. which is, is it next week or the week after? I'm not sure. Yeah, I think it might be even three or four weeks away. Okay. Moment, yeah. You're at that awkward rating, aren't you, with the horse where you, yeah, it's look, probably not quite up to the black type, but probably, the plus is you need to use the apprentice. And... What we'd like to do is run a dead three or four times and get the rating <laughs> down. Um, tongue in cheek when I say that. Um, Look, we're hoping to make stake money during the campaign. The horse owes us nothing. We got it. Martin has this uncanny ability to to buy horses for nothing. I think we paid about thirteen thousand for this at one twenty for running second in a group race. So we're on good terms with the horse. If it can pick up a seventy eight plus or two on the way through, we're we're pretty happy. But mm -hmm. um, we'll also watch it go around at some group races, which is pretty exciting too for a horse that we got into for, for very little outlay. At this stage, I haven't really had a bet of notes, so I'll be uh, cheering at home for you. And Martin going up yesterday. I think Madame Tori I read as a $9,000 purchase, one by probably one by about as many lengths as how many dollars you pay for the horse yeah. yesterday. I, I don't know so, how he does it. Tom DeSizzle, he bought for $500. Yeah, yeah. Unbelievable. We've got a Vancouver yearling. He bought for 15000 and they averaged like 200000 at the sale. So I don't know how he does it's it. the accent, I think. He's he, gets, he, gets him, he gets him pissed on about 400 Guinnesses like he did me at the uh, Kalgoorlie around a few years ago. And then next thing you know, they're giving horses away to him. That's they the, they uh, seem to. His hashtag is right place, right time. And yeah. it certainly uh, is fitting because he does know how to sniff out a bargain. That's for sure. For sure. All right. Well, good luck with Flo on Saturday. Pete and good luck with him for the rest of the campaign. I reckon you'll, you'll find a race for him at some stage. He went very close to pinching a feature last prep, so he shouldn't be too far away in some of the winter features coming up. Um, uh, for me, I think that uh, obviously the favourite not to be missed is a very, very smart, gifted horse. Could be a touch vulnerable first up. 260 was my punt price. What's he? Even money at the moment. A bit of shade of odds on in some uh, in some places. He he found a way to win a couple 
last prep um, when he wasn't entitled to. He, yeah, he, where he was deep the trip was yeah, just incredible. Um, probably, and he got beat a couple of times where he really probably should have won. So his record could be even better than it is. He's he's pretty good. He's two trial. I love love the way he lengthened stride and um, sort of hunted Puckapunya in his um, June 2 Lark Hill trial. Just looks so balanced and fluent in his action. Uh, very, very smart horse. He, he stands out as the horse to beat. Um, but like Pete, Multiverse is the horse that comes up as the value. Uh, I've got him uh, second pick as well. I was seven dollars. Um, I think he um, he's a as I wrote in my preview. He's a Belmont 1200 meter weapon, wet track weapon, um, trailed up nicely in previous preparations. Second up has been his real launch pad, but I think this race is just set up nicely. And if Gary Crispin has him ready to go, he can, he can make a big splash can multiverse but yeah that's uh yeah and i actually i didn't have mankind all that far behind him either i really like i thought his run last saturday was eye-catching just got held up um or pocketed by the winner at black ducati at a vital stage thought he was doing his best work late gate one jade mcnaught 52 and a half kgs ticks a few boxes does mankind they're the three i think not to be missed is is the winner but i think i'll be backing multiverse yeah, there's a lot of horses that have sort of reached their level, haven't they? Yeah. Sort of reached their peak ratings. Your Wrinkley's disposition. His disposition can improve a lot, I think, coming across for Chloe, who's riding a lot of uh, reasonable price winners at the moment, as you mentioned before, BJ. Um, Profit Street's another trial pretty well, but uh, yeah, a bit of bit of a query to get an old boy to win first up from a wide gate. How good is it to see um, Mad Brad back? Remember, remember that day at um, yeah, Belmont yeah, when he knocked um, off spilling over? Yeah, I do remember that day. Thanks, BJ. Just, just, <laughs> just mean there's going to be more nightmares tonight. But, uh, yeah, look, nothing is a punt for me at this stage either. I might not be missed $2.60. Um, multiverse and Mankind just behind. See how the track plays. Wrinkly, not impossible. Gets out to 20-odd to mm. one. Um, yeah, I at this stage, I can't really have a play. I'll probably go a little bit wider in the quaddy. Try and get not to be misbeaten unless we see a price late. Horses like Disposition will probably... Uh, um, find their way into my quadrilla, but no, I can't get too excited at the moment. Barricky beats, Lack, Lucky Lacta, Raul Ramoli. Yeah, I don't think I don't think this is the race for Lucky, to be honest, or, uh, or Joanne Leeson with Barricky beats, but there might be another one in him at some stage, I reckon. All right. So, yeah, that's that wraps up the, the get-out stakes um, on Hyperion Stakes Day. Uh, most of us very eagerly looking forward to seeing what Not To Be Missed can do this Preparation looks a very, very progressive horse, and uh, if he can, if he can get the win on Saturday, then um, that'll sort of be catapulting him towards some stakes races. I would imagine. So it's that time of the podcast where we whip out our best betting proposition of the day. So I think I know where Terry's going, but let's let's reiterate for the listeners. What's 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 the plan, Guru? Mississippi Delta launch. That's it, launch. Yeah, Mississippi Delta will launch. We're uh, we're uh, we're pretty confident. Lands closer, three pairs back, one off. Galloping room, Wooshka. Wooshka. That's the plan. Well, they get better. Then goes and wins the Strickland. Then goes and wins the um. What's over the two thousand? Bj, what's its name? Wait for age race. Yeah, with the Strickland's. Oh, up, but yeah. Uh, and then, it went, then there's the Swan River Vars. I think. Oh, okay. That. Sorry, the Strickland over eighteen hundred. Yeah. Then wins over there. Yeah, just keeps on winning all the way for age races from here. Metropolitan on. Melbourne Cup wins yeah, a lot. Melbourne, Melbourne Cup. Cup just a lot. Yeah. Wake up, turn. Wake up. <laughs> Vortex. Vortex. I feel like uh, I feel like there's a lot of that happening at the moment, isn't there? It's just 
Wow. There he is. Well, we've we never discussed. his muscles. We've never discussed. Pike could ride all nine. Just about. <laughs> so it's, it's, not, it's not really a complete impossibility. I think I've priced him favourite in seven of the nine or yeah. eight of the nine or something along yeah. those lines. So, yeah, he's definitely going to ride Might four. Be a, it could be a so. Twitter poll. How many, how many winners will, will Pike ride yeah, in the weekend? Yeah, I think the Over, line, under. I reckon the line will be about three and a half, yeah. four winners. So, yeah, he should have a big day. Pete, your best. Best Indian Pacific with the proviso that the rail is okay. No provisos allowed here. <laughs> You've got to make your decision about the rail. Uh, in, Indian Pacific. Everyone's um, hanging on you every word here, Pete. Brad Parnham's riding really well. He'll figure it out. Uh, resort man, lay of the day, same race. I like it. I like that. Put all the eggs in one That's basket. It. That's, That's it. probably one of the biggest uh, bits of advice we can give to punters out there. Just put every egg in the one basket. Uh, for me, I can't look past Nerodio. I reckon Nerodio. He, I reckon he will uh, be sitting back off um Come with a withering burst. Too strong. Nerodio, Geordie Turner flying. Couple of whoosh guys. Couple that stays off the rail as well. It's nice and safe, BJ. Mm. Could be a cold rail. Uh, Maddie, Peter, have you got one for us at a quote? Volkswagen Frank. I don't mm. like the race at all, but you can't let a Justin Warwick horse go around at those kind of odds. They just keep running. Not over a journey on the one week back up. His, his record with horses in, in long distance races is is. Insurpassable, is that a word? Yeah, no, we'll go with that. that. Yeah, so, at uh, what did you say, 41 earlier? Did you? Yeah, it's 41 bucks. At the 41 dollars, so. that's got to be value. Yep, that'll be it. No, we did that slightly over my price. Okay, BJ, what uh, what have you got for the listeners? A bit of a uh, bit of value, something in the two year old race? No, not this oh, week, okay. not this week. Um, I don't, well, windstorms tomorrow, right? So, I think, I think, I really, I really like giraffes first up run. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I can't see him. In any way, shape, or form, beating Windstorm, but I think the twenty-six dollars around frames is a reasonable place price. But my Maddie, twenty-six dollars for the place. No, twenty-six dollars to win at the moment. Sorry, but for the for my Maddie, he's not quite Maddie territory at the moment. But I reckon he'll he'll venture off into that uh, twenty to one plus. Is forceful in the last. Um, Sarisen White runner um, has run some good races at Belmont before. Pretty smart horse on his day. Big price. CJP having a bit of a quiet time of things at the moment one of a, quite a few riders who are, who are a bit cold like the belmont rail mm. terry but yeah forceful ridden quietly working home he can run a big race at a price very good i haven't got a huge amount i like it at a big quote i'd just be saying a name if it was over 20 to 1 so one that i expect will drift with some support for she's enchanted and uh miss frost is um Mikita's missing pros in the same race. As I said, I'll be probably backing the both late, but um, Mikita's really only one run one bad race since coming to WA and um, loves a wet track. And if that rail is cold, I reckon it's the one down the centre that it could go past him. So for me, it is Mikita's. Mad. Mad. Dead set. All right, get out your black books, punters. Um, Terry's got his uh, set of horses to follow, to pass on. What have you got? For all our listeners here, Terry. Oh, nothing overly exciting this week. Uh, this week, BJ. Um, Zephyr Queen, I think, is a horse we can continue to follow with confidence at Belmont on these wet tracks. Really love a horse that can go forward and um, make her own luck. Run down by a really smart one last week, despite doing all the bullocking work outside Lickety Split, as we touched on earlier. So we can probably follow Zephyr Queen throughout her campaign, knowing she's got a couple more wins in store. And the other one... So one probably need to wait for it to drop back to midweek grade or find the right swoopers track or whatnot if they're going to keep it up in town. But I thought the run of Athlone Castle was huge. Yeah, with, it was uh, good, wasn't Lucky it? Lucky Lacta. I mainly just wanted to talk about Rail Ramoli, but he once again went for the rail, the cold rail. 
Peter, I don't know if I've mentioned that to you just uh, once or twice thus far. Um, but I really like the way uh, that uh, that hit the line where not many horses really found the line with gusto mm. on that cold rail. But um, Athlone Castle did. I don't know if I don't know if they'll find the right race, but uh, we might get a price about it uh, if we think they do. Yes, well, I'm from the same race actually. I thought no apology was uh, was huge mm-hmm. in that in that race. Ran on was three wide three wide cover, sort of backish. Um, got home better than um, most. Ran third for Paul Harvey. Been following pretty close. I reckon he's he's, he's going to win one very Just soon. Just needs a barrier, doesn't he? Yeah, he draws a barrier, lands in a sweet spot, and should be picking one up pretty shortly. It's suspect. Yeah. And this one's a little bit out wide. It was a seventy-one dollar pop yesterday. Two-year-old first starter from the Lulu Chiani Stable. Mm. It has no idea what it's doing. This horse, but it. Bit like good. us, sorry. <laughs> it's 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 got something. I like the way that it finished off. It looked like it gave Jason Whiting a pretty hard time. Its name is Brecky with a bang. Interesting, oh. interesting name that one. Brecky with a bang um, might go out. It's had one run now. Might go out. Whatever. But just put it in your black book. Might come back as a three odd or whatever. If it finds a maiden, Bumbry maiden, Lulu Chani over the spring summer. You never know. Brecky with a bang. Put that one. Mark that one down. So. Um, no horses to follow for you at the moment, Pete? No. No, I was, I was staying up all night doing the form for today, so I haven't looked at anything else. But, but yeah, just reiterating, Pete. Pete's very... got a strong set. He's just keeping it to himself. Yeah. He wants to nick all the early prices. He knows Brad listens. He What's it called? Away. IP. My intellectual property. <laughs> I keep to myself. Good stuff. Top-notch trialers. Nothing from Pete. Nothing from the guru. Nothing from me either, Zero. BJ. No, no. Nothing from me this week, unfortunately. All right. So ask, me, uh, ask me next week. I've got two trialling on Monday. Oh, Actually, yeah, we got uh, well, the if, slug. No, the slug's moving to Luke Fernie next week, so yep. the slug will be with Luke Fernie next week. Um, no, we got a little material witness and a um, and a black fries with the pierces, material witness with Durant. Um, and I think they'll both be trialing next Monday, so uh, I might have something to add next week, hopefully. Right. Hopefully, two looking forward. Mm. Look out, Bob Peters, yeah, yeah. I reckon <laughs> Leviathan, uh, owner. Terry Layton. Um, cool, man. Looking forward to seeing how those horses go for you. So my top-notch trialers, I got two from the same stable, unraced two-year-olds from the Stephen Miller Yard, Holy Enchantment, Heat 11, and Timely Outburst, Heat 12 from Monday's, where were we, Lark Hill Barrier Trials? Belmont Barrier Trials, rather. So um, take a look at those replays there for Holy Enchantment and Timely Outburst. They weren't asked for the supreme effort. Um, Both of them moved well enough, and I think you could put them down as top-notch trialers. And the other one, my old mate, Steve Wolf, he had about five trialers in uh, at the session, the best of them being fairly promising three-year-old by the name of So War. He he matched motors with quite a classy mare in her own right in Pearls and Prawns. Who is uh, was a uh, whatever happened to on the podcast a few weeks back? So Pels and Prawns with William Pike on board stretched out nicely to win her heat, but I really like the way that Sowar set out after Pels and Prawns and pretty much matched her late. I reckon he's going to win a heap of races. So a three-year-old with a, a fairly bright future. Very good. Okay, and BJ, I think we're going to head to the whatever happened to segment now i've actually got one to inquire about uh, i haven't done any research myself but uh it's been a little while since we've seen uh long beach i think me and you took each other on one day with long beach didn't we peter it was 350 into two bucks i think in my defense it was well beaten after getting the run the race i think uh he pulled up sore 
There's always an excuse for you, Terry. Yes, always. I've is. never heard you use the word say. wrong. In all the time <laughs> I've known you, the word wrong has never actually crossed your lips. As what far is that Fonzie saying? I don't, I'm sorry, I'd, uh, I don't understand why I'd use a word that's never been true. Though, okay? <laughs> so, uh, yeah, no, there's always been an excuse. I, my book's uh, it's fairly lengthy, lengthy list of excuses. It's about a... Yeah, it's a memoir, about 40, 47 <laughs> chapters, and I'm always adding to it as well. So. Have you ever had that tunnel vision looked into? I think it's a condition <laughs> no. that you might need to have looked into. <laughs> the blinkers are super glued on, Peter, unfortunately. It's going to remain that way. So Long Beach, well, let's see. Let's find out why um, why I should have beaten Peter and I didn't. Long Beach. <laughs> was, was that that four-horse race that was won by... Tell yes. yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think Eurasia, oh, Eurasia was in that race and yeah, Tommy Blue. Yeah, that actually wasn't that long ago at all, was it? Yeah, still we can find out. Yeah. Um, the big horse, friend of the podcast, mm. Josh Fuchs, a uh, mastermind, previous mastermind winner. He contacted us on Twitter and wants to know whatever happened to Shackleton from the Ganjimi oh. Racing Yard. I think Mark almost might even have a share in Shackleton. So okay. we'll find out what the go is with that particular horse. I just... I just was just looking through some form last night and I saw Stochino's name stand out. So um, she's always been a good Belmont horse. She ended up uh, progressing to win at stakes level in Mayor's Company at Ascot last spring, summer. Catch up with David Harrison to see what Stochino is up to and what they're going to be looking at with her in 2020. And I heard something about Missile Launch as well, having having a setback just as he was about to, uh, obviously he ran second to Mississippi Delta in the Perth Cup. Um, Vaughan Sigley, pretty sure Julio Santarelli put something on Tab Radio about a setback that he suffered that has put him put him back um, a bit. So I might just chase up to see where Missile Launch is up, up to and whether we'll be seeing him this season or whether they're going to be holding him over until racing returns to um, to Belmont or maybe even for a Calgary Cup campaign. So mm-hmm. we'll see We'll see about that. So that's about it for whatever happened to. Very good. And I think that uh, brings us to the end of a uh, another episode, episode 29. Getting on a bit, aren't we? Mm. And uh, only the second time we've Peter on, it doesn't feel right. There should be a, a more of a correlation every five episodes or so. I think the listeners love him from all the feedback I'm receiving. <laughs> so uh, once again, well, first of all, apologies for the lack of upcoming steak sandwich, Peter. But uh, once again, thank you. No, don't problem at all. It's a lot of fun. Someone needs to cut you off at the knees every now and then, Terry, and <laughs> deflate that ego. You, of were, you were saying before. So, so who was who was the better run, KC or Labor Rod? I forget now. <laughs> Labor Rod, <laughs> I think so. history will tell us in time to come. <laughs> You, you might have me in that sense, but uh, on Saturday, anyway, let's not start this again. But uh, thank you for coming on, Peter. As always, love uh, love picking your brain. It's always in- interesting to hear from, well, someone who used to be on the other side of the uh, of the ledger and we used to be placing our bets with, but um, I'm sure there's a bit of gold that uh, Pete steered us into. And uh, BJ, enjoyable as always. Always lovely to see your face again and not be remote. So it's uh, nice to be back together. Peter, good luck with um, Flo on Saturday. Thank we're you. Just hoping for a nice forward showing. If we're desperate by that stage of the day and hadn't had enough beers, we can have something on. Pete's basically declared it, hasn't he, Peter? <laughs> he has. Just, just a, hoping for a good campaign. That's just, all. Just a teaser to our next guest in the coming weeks, Terry. Yes. Uh, you would like to remind the listeners of what's yes, happening? Yes, we're going to have uh, we're going to have Dane and Mitch Pateman on in the coming weeks. We're going to wait for Mitch to have a nice book on a Saturday, and then we'll look at a probably a Thursday night. It might be a later recording and a uh, earlier release on the Friday to um, to allow for uh, Mitch to arrive. Four person. So, yeah, that could be fraught. Yeah, fraught with danger. <laughs> we might even have, a, have to have a couple of beers while doing that with uh, with Dane at least. Mitch obviously will have to be riding, so he'll be, have to be um, well behaved. But um, look, we're looking forward to the Hyperion Stakes in particular, the Four Horse War. 
with Resort Man and Indian Pacific. Let's see how close Peter goes. I'm very interested just from a neutral to watch that race, but uh, looks another good day's betting. Watch that rail, and until next week on the 1 1.